Well, I'm sitting here looking at our podcast hosting background, or I guess uh, interface, dashboard, as they would call it. And we haven't done a Big Sky Breakdown commentary style since April 8th. Had some press conference content on there, whether it's uh, statements or audio from Bobby Houck, Brent Vegan, but nothing in terms of analysis since April 8th. And nothing really that I thought was super fire or compelling since February 3rd. So it has been a long time, and welcome back. It's the Big Sky Breakdown, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Can't thank Blackfoot enough for all their engagement in podcasts, man. It's uh, it's amazing how much they've believed in our vision for podcasts. They've helped us launch this Treasure State Podcast Network that includes this Big Sky Breakdown as an extension of SkylineSportsMT.com, which is where you have been able to find the Big Sky Breakdown for seven seasons. Big Sky Breakdown now in its ninth season, which I believe makes it the longest-standing sports podcast in the state of Montana. So thank you so much to everybody that's been a part of it and listening to it. Ever since back in the day when Jason Bocci, our great photographer and my good journalism colleague, hooked me up with this guy who told me about podcasting. We started making podcasts on my little RCA recorder on my couch, living in an apartment in Bozeman. So uh, it's been fun to build it up, but man, we haven't had a lot to talk about, not a lot of commentary, but we're back in the flow for the Big Sky Breakdown. It's your third one so far this week. We're going to give you at least four each and every week. You're always going to get the full Montana press conference featuring audio from Bobby Howick and a few Grizz players. You also get the full Brent Vegan press conference. He's going to go solo this year, not with players, but we'll also share uh, some player audio each week, although players were not available leading up to Brent Vegan's first game, uh, leading Montana State at Wyoming. And then each week, we'll also have uh, commentary bits with Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as Brooks Nuanas, and we'll play some of those on my daily radio show, Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Uh, you can also catch it SWX Montana Television. Uh, but Brooks Nuanas and I will always give you some commentary on the Cats and probably some Grizz and the rest of the Big Sky. Andrew and I will always give you commentary on the Grizz and probably the Cats and the rest of the Big Sky. Uh, this is sort of the order of priority, but this is the reinstitution of a podcast we do at least twice a year, always coming into to the season during the fall and coming out of spring ball each spring it's grizz by the numbers so we're excited to get into it we're just going to go through the roster and i would say one through 99 but it's not one through 99 now it's zero through 99 because the ncaa approved the use of number zero this year so uh that's interesting in itself it's funny because uh, most of you know that i have a daily radio show now and so i uh been trying to hone in the, the radio way of operating and guiding the ship. And sometimes you got to snap out of it a little bit in the podcast world. And we got a great producer at ESPN Missoula, Tommy Evans. He's he's the man. But he's also a stickler about the, the audio quality and, you know, keeping it all lined out, which is good. I and mean, that's what makes our radio show great. And I appreciate everybody for listening. We had a good awards season one sports coverage of the year and uh, i was radio broadcaster of the year as well so i appreciate everybody for all your feedback and engagement because we couldn't do it without you but uh, i don't know if a lot of people know this but andrew houghton who's back with us he was with us in 2018 2019 spent the last couple years in pocatello now he's back working at missoula broadcasting company helping out uh, wearing a variety of hats and helping out with espn radio uh, but also uh, helping out with Skyline Sports, of course. We just posted a great story on Jacob McGowering, so we'll get to him. He's number 92, so we'll probably be about 40 minutes into this thing by the time we get around to 
McGallery, but um, Andrew and I also live together. So this is a late night podcast. So uh, you might hear a few keys type in. You might hear a few, you know, cocktail glasses hit the table. It's what it is, man. It's ten o'clock at night, so we're we're just uh, being a little more casual here. Thanks, yeah, breakdown grids by the numbers, but uh, this is fun, man. I'm uh, I'm glad we're actually doing this as uh, as roommates and actually podcasters, not even radio guys. We can swear after dark. Excited for it. Remember the last time we did one of these was in 2018. It's, it's a long time. Seems like forever ago. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. It does seem like it's been uh, forever. So we'll get this thing started. We're just going to go down the roster. We're going to spend a, just a little bit of time on each guy, and sometimes we'll get to runs of numbers where uh, it, you know maybe it's about a group or guys that have something to do with each other. So i try to get through this as quick as possible, and uh, hopefully you enjoy Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Number zero, Omar Hicks Onu. He's from Louisville, Texas, which is in the Dallas area. Hebron High School. Hebron's a, a powerhouse down there uh, in Texas. There's been like a couple guys actually that have played at Montana State from Hebron High School. Uh, Braylon Evans comes to mind. Uh, Rob Marshall, those two guys were good players in the secondary for MSU. So he comes from a good program. Comes to Montana by way of uh, Oregon State. He was a safety at OSU. Now he's a corner at Montana and. Uh, I guess somewhat surprisingly, he's the starting corner on the depth chart. Were you surprised by that or not? No, I don't think so. He ran I mean, with I the knew ones that it, fall, it was going to be a fight, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they have a lot of depth there. What with Corbin Walker, who played a lot, Justin Ford, who came in as another FBS guy, Trajan Cotton, who's playing the nickel now, but could have come in as a corner from Oregon State, like Onu. They just had a lot of guys there. But I think you know Onu. He's a, he's a bigger corner. Yeah, he is. Recruited as a Pac-12 safety, really. So, yeah, I mean, 6'1", 195, so he's definitely got good size for quarter. And he's an older guy, experienced, and that helps because Corbin Walker, who's the other guy with the ones, has played a fair amount for the Grizz, but he's still a sophomore. You know, he played a lot when he came in his freshman year, and then, of course, he played in the spring. But he hasn't been here for actually that long. Number two on the Grizz roster, Cam Humphrey. You can uh, check out Nuanas now and also share the bit later on in this podcast. You also hear... Some interviews from this week's Nuanas now with Craig Chambers and Jamal Jones, a couple wide receivers that started their careers in Washington and finished their careers with the Grizzlies. And uh, you'll hear Cam Humphrey, our Grizz star of the week, on Nuanas now this week. So stay tuned for that uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And I also have a little cut-up. Ten minutes of the best of Bobby Howe. I gave you his best sound bites from fall camp, so we'll share that with you towards the end here as well. But number two, Cam Humphrey, uh, senior quarterback, is from Issaquah, Washington. On Saturday against UW, University of Washington, he will throw his first pass on Washington soil since he was a senior in high school. So it's been six years since Cam Humphrey actually threw a pass in Washington. He's played against Eastern Washington twice in his Grizz career, beat Eastern Washington at home. Um, but where are you at with Cam Humphrey? Because I know that there's a couple factions of the Grizz fan base. Some people think uh, that he's just fine, if not good, and uh, is ju- just what the Grizz need as a, as a senior veteran guy there under center. Other people saw the talent that Chris Brown has, and it wasn't on that much of a display in the spring, but it's pretty apparent. So uh, where are you at with Cam Humphrey? Well, we're getting to the important guys right away. Yeah, because right. Because the starting quarterback right here, uh, I think I'm in the group that thinks he's going to be per- He's fine. Yeah. He's good. Which is good for this team, right? I think that's the thing that people got to understand, too. This is not the Grizz of old or the uh, college football of old. You don't need a guy that's going to, like, make a seven-step drop and go through his progressions and get through, like, his fourth read and, like, make a play. With the dudes they got how fast they're going to play, it's just one, two, three, me. Like, just go. Yeah. Just throw the ball. If he just gets the ball out of his hands, he might not average a crazy amount per 
uh, completion, but I totally expect him to complete 65 to 70% of his passes and just get the ball. I mean, he's going to get so many easy throws with guys like right, Solser or Flowers. Right, in a position like, to succeed because yeah. half of it's going to be screens to Solser, jet sweeps. It's going to be whenever you see Sammy and Kem one-on-one. Yeah. He's just going to run a curl and make the catch. They're gonna, and they'll have a check down of the running backs. That's the other thing they're adding to the, the offense with – Especially with Xavier Harrison and Isaiah Childs, who we'll get to. So, I agree. I think Cam Humphrey's fine. How about Cam Humphrey's picture here on, on GoGrizz.com? Uh, the formative portion of our interview, which you'll hear a little bit later on, is about Cam Humphrey's mustache. So, we're keeping it hard-hitting on ESPN Radio and the Big Sky Breakdown. All right, number two on the defensive side of the ball, Gavin Robertson. He's a redshirt senior. He's also from the Seattle area. Auburn, Washington. Went to Auburn Mountain View High School. He came to Montana as a transfer from Arizona. He was sort of a tweener there at Arizona. Uh, he lost some weight, got into shape, and uh, he's been quietly actually one of the most consistent contributors to the Grizz defense. He's been around for a long time because I remember when he was coming in, I was still back here before I went to Pocatello, and that was right when he was first started working as a safety pair with Robbie Houck, and that's been the thing that's been unchanged the longest for this Grizz team. For sure, and and Robertson, now that he's in, in great, he was he bulked up to play linebacker in Arizona. He came into Montana about 230. He dropped about 15 right away. But he wasn't still in the greatest of shape, and now he's in great shape. And he still has the same mass, and so uh, I actually think that he's primed for his uh, big year. I called him an honors candidate in my initial story about the Grizz, and I think he is. I think if he put it together, he could be an all-big sky guy. Definitely. He flies under the radar so much just because he has been so consistent. Right, right, right. He's been the guy that hasn't been like in and out of the lineup. He's just kind of been there, and he can play uh, multiple of their safety spots. He can sometimes play that rover nickel spot, so uh, he's, a good, he's, a, he's a versatile guy. Number three, Trajan Cotton. Cotton was actually the, the the guy who was getting a little bit better reviews out of the two uh, from Oregon State. He's also Oregon State transfer like Anu. And uh, he has battled injuries both at Oregon State and at Montana. And so he hasn't necessarily been able to carry that uh, initial good returns. Um, but he's a guy that I think gives the Grizz defense a lot of versatility. He could play safety, which he did at Oregon State. He could play corner which he was sort of the front runner at corner last spring and into fall. And then he was out this most recent spring, spring of 2021, and sort of fell behind in the corner competition. But now he's battling Nash Fouch at the nickel spot. And, uh, I mean, I think he's just another example. I think Grizz's secondary just has so much more depth. Yeah, I mean, the important thing with him is that not only does he have the body to play safety, corner, nickel, whatever, he's smart enough. He's experienced enough to do both, even though he's still listed as a redshirt sophomore, right? Because he's had years at Oregon State. He played high yeah. school coming out of Northern California. Like, he's played a lot of football. He, I mean, he got a medical at Oregon State, too, so that delayed his eligibility as well. So hopefully he gets healthy. He's a very thoughtful kid. We've had him on Nuanas now a couple times and uh, wish him the best because he is he's just a cool guy. I think he has a good story. Number three, Nick Williams. This guy sort of fell through the cracks. He's out of Oceanside High School in uh, the San Diego area. 6'5", 195. He had some FBS interest. He was one of those guys that was sort of an FBS fence sitter. He didn't sign early. He didn't sign late, so he didn't sign with anybody. It looked like he might go to South Dakota of all places. The Grizz somehow get him late. I have no idea what to think of this guy. Except for when you when I walked out to practice, the number one guy pulled the roster out, and I asked Riley Corker, and voice the Grizz, said, "Who the hell is that guy? Who's he's number six, three? Five, yeah. yeah, he's six five and long and lean and looks good. It runs well. No clue anything else about him really. So uh, I guess to be determined. With Put a pin players. in that one. Yeah. yeah. Nash Fouch, number four on the defensive side of the ball. He's a redshirt sophomore out of Woodenville, Washington. A guy that came to Montana with a ton of talent, and uh, he's flashed already, but now he's expected to be a dude as a guy who's uh, going to be probably the starting nickel and uh, can move around in the safety spots. He's probably got the best ball skills all, out of all their safeties, but he also played in the box. 
Uh, I lo- I've thought Fouch was sick since he came in. I thought he was a big recruit when they got him, and uh, it's a big year for him, man, because I think he could prove it. If he could become an elite player, that would be, do oh, make a world of difference for Montana's defense. Yeah, this was the guy who flashed for me the most in fall camp just when I walked in. I mean, him and a couple other guys, Cole Grossman, who we'll talk about. But right away, you looked at him. He was making plays. He was always around the ball. He's really smooth, too. He moves really, really, really just, well. He just looks like a great athlete. Great athlete, yeah. Uh, so I'm expecting big things from him, and he's one where it's like, this is a guy who, if you're placing bets on guys on this defense, we're going to be a household name yeah. in two years who are going to be at the level that Jace Lewis or Robbie Hauk are at now. I'd put a lot of money on him. For sure, man. And it's interesting, too. Like It's blasphemy to say because those guys have been so productive, but Fouch is a lot more talented than both of those guys. There's natural talent. Like sure. He's not better, but he's like, but you know, he's got more fluid athleticism and stuff. I mean, Jace Lewis is just one tough fucking guy. Like, he's just tough. You can just see it in his eyes. And Robbie Houck is the most fearless player I've ever seen. I know that he's this polarizing guy. You know, Bobcat people, hey, that's Ozzy, that's the cat. He's he's contributing to the podcast. But uh, I know Robbie Alex is a polarizing guy in Montana because the cat fans hate him. He's Rob, he's Bobby's son. He only plays because of Bobby. This is so false, it's ridiculous. He runs his absolute ass off, and he's such a fearless player. But regardless, Fouch is, that's not to say, Fouch is a, uh, he's a great athlete, and I think he, he could be a key cog of the Grizz defense. Number four on offense this guy surprised me because when he first came in out of Bozeman High School, Ryan Simpson, six foot six receiver, I thought that he was a major project. I thought maybe he should have been playing college hoops. I didn't necessarily think that he would become much of anything, but uh, he has, and not just like a guy that could become a good player someday. He's like a guy that they already love. He had, he was a standout in the spring of twenty twenty. And then he was another standout in the spring of 2021, and uh, he's fought his way on the two deep. And I don't know, I didn't think, I didn't know if he had it in terms of toughness or like as a real football player. But he's seemed to, they seem to love him because he's getting a ton of reps, a lot of reps. I think the thing that determined how good Ryan Simpson was going to be is just how quickly was he going to be able to put on weight and become like viably, like just muscular enough for the college game because he came sure. in, he was like six six. 190. Yeah, right. You can't play at that weight when you're that tall in the college game. The thing with Ryan Simpson, we talked about Nick Williams. The Grizz wide receivers just fit into buckets physically more than any other team I've seen. Like, they have Sammy Akem, and then with Simpson and Nick Williams, they have two dudes who look exactly like Sammy Akem, just in terms of frame, coming up right behind him. And like with with Gabe Solser, and they've got a couple other guys who yeah. just fit in that physical bucket as the slot receivers. For sure, uh, it's funny to me how they re- they seem to recruit like that. Oh yeah, they're definitely recruiting spots for sure. And and Brett Pizzo has to put guys in the right spot too. I mean, he's one of the great wide receivers coaches. Period. I mean, he's a guy that's been an OC in the Power Five, so he, he absolutely knows what he's doing. But number five, Junior Bergen. He came in as an athlete, started out playing receiver. Now he's playing running back. He was one of the battles in the in the state for recruiting this last year out of Billings Senior. And uh, I actually, I know I'm in the minority on this, but I actually think running back's a better position for him. Because I think that him running routes and stuff like that, he was going to be a little raw at the college level. It's going to take him a little while to learn, figure that out. But I just think that his field vision when he got the ball in his hands, I mean, he quarterbacked Billings Senior to the, the semis last year in his first year playing quarterback. Because they just snapped him the ball. And it was just like running the Wildcat. I just think that if he gets some carries out of the backfield this year, which he might because 
Uh, Nick Osmo is out uh, for Montana's season opener against Washington, and so is Marcus Knight, obviously, uh, from an ACL tear that we reported a while back. Um, but Bergen might get carries, and I, I think that he could handle it because I, I think he's a really, really, really good athlete. Hughes the big one because Hughes originally going to Montana State? Yeah, so he's the first guy, to my knowledge, to use that rule where if you sign your national letter of intent and then your coach leaves before you get to campus – you can be released from it. I can't remember a Montana kid that's used that situation, uh, but Junior Bergen did, and he went from Montana State to Montana. So we'll see if it's to the Grizz benefit, but uh, he's a talented kid. Number five, defensively, a guy that a lot of people are always asking me about, Garrett Graves. He's an outstanding athlete at the small school level out of Lincoln County High School in Eureka. He has seems like he's finally found a real position at safety. Uh, he's a number two on the depth chart right now, 6'3", 205. As a redshirt sophomore, uh, he's a. There's no question he's a phenomenal athlete. I just think that he needs to find a position, stick at that position, and then develop at that position. He's almost underrated now because yeah. he has found that position. Like he was, it was a big hot ticket item to report. Like where was Garrett Graves sure. playing in practice? Right for a couple of years there because they were using him. They gave I mean, him he reps played quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, his first his first camp he's playing quarterback. He was making you know three huge hits on special teams yep. every every week. And it was like, okay, well, what are they going to do with him? Like, could he play linebacker? Sure. Uh, and that was just a huge – people were so intrigued by that. Now he's just playing safety. I think he's going to be a good safety. But you don't hear as much about Garrett Graves anymore as, as you did. It's, it's very true. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect. To more. Number six, defensively, Jackson Pepe. He's a redshirt sophomore at Kalispell Glacier High School. He's six foot, 198 pounds. Uh, I think that his progress has been fine. He's probably going to be on the travel roster. He's going to probably play on special teams. He's just kind of had the unfortunate circumstance of being one of the those kind of Montana developmental type guys who, who they like uh, and that he needs to kind of make progress to be able to play. And then he's had a bunch of transfers come in ahead of him, and so he's kind of just got away his turn. Right, and the problem is now he, he's already a redshirt sophomore, so he's right. older. He's used up some more eligibility than some other guys who have moved ahead of him, right? Like Nick Nash Fouch is in his class. Yeah. At safety, you know, nickel, whatever. Uh, so what are you going to do? Yeah, I know exactly. Number six, um, offense, Keelan White, six foot, 290-pound redshirt freshman out of uh, Hansworth Secondary in Northern Vancouver, BC. This is courtesy of Super Dave, Dave Dickinson. They put uh, Dave Dickinson, the former Grizz quarterback, put Brent Pease, uh, Montana wide receiver coach, on this guy. And uh, I, I know that they are hesitant to say too many praising things of Keelan White because they know that he's super sick and they don't want him to get a big head. They want him to keep working. But I know internally they think this guy is the man. Uh, he lives with Sammy and Kim, and I know that. Uh, Sammy thinks he's going to have a huge year. He's unbelievably talented when you watch him. He's super, super smooth, and he's just a, he's just a prototype wide receiver. So uh, I don't know if he's going to have his breakout year this year, but I do think it's brewing. And you can see this from how they're using him at practice too, where he's getting the ball in his hands a lot of ways with like sure. bubble screens, tunnel screens, sweeps, like a lot of short throw. Every short throw with the twos out there is going to Keelan White. Yeah, it's true. 
Number seven, Dylan Simmons. He's a freshman corner out of uh, Materi, Louisiana. It's been a long time, if ever, that the Grizz have had a guy from Louisiana. He was a, a late, late addition. Uh, I'm very unfamiliar with his story. Like, he came in um, pretty much in the summer as just a late roster addition. But I just haven't seen anything from him. I haven't yeah. seen much of anything. Yeah. He had an offer from Florida State. He had interest from Colorado, Memphis, Yale. So when I first saw he had an offer from Florida State and then he didn't go there, I thought grades. But then you're getting recruited by Yale, so you obviously don't have grades issues. Right. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see the more of the story. Yeah, yeah. No, I really have no idea about this guy whatsoever. Number seven on offense. <laughs> I'll let you give your take about Gabe Solcer because uh, Gabe Solcer, to me, might actually have as much pressure on anybody on the team uh, on him because uh, Gabe Solcer is one of those heralded guys to come out of Montana. He's been a fan favorite since the day he scored a touchdown in his first touch of his career during homecoming yep. when the Grizz were wearing those throwback coppers. And uh, But here he is now as a junior, and his career is half over, and he's had some unbelievable highlights, but he's got – Let's look at these career statistics. He's got nine total rushes and 26 total catches. So he's got 35 total touches for 502 yards and uh, six touchdowns. That's a, that's a great per touchdown per yeah. touch touchdown rate. But you know, nine receptions, nine receptions, eight receptions. I mean, it's a caveat too because eight catches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns in Montana's two spring games. So. You know, I know those statistics count, but does that not actually in like real big sky? Lot of lot of like caveats tagged onto those. That's games. right. So he really only has like twenty five t- touches in his uh, time in Montana. So you know, he's got all of the ability in the world, but I just think it's now or never. Like if he's going to be like this guy, like to be a legend at Montana, you got to be like a two time first team All Big Sky guy. So he's, he's got to go this year and next left, year. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting because everybody else's clock seems, seems to have been slowed down, and you look at guys, and you're like, well, how is this guy still a redshirt freshman? Right. And Solskjaer seems to be the complete opposite. You're sure. like, how is this guy a junior? My take on him is that there's a world, there's one branch of the multiverse, Yeah. where he's just the most famous person in the state of Montana this fall. <laughs> it's good Because too, he, has, he has the talent to... He plays in such a fan-friendly way. Oh, Absolutely. He's every mom's favorite player, period. As soon as they see Gabe Salser, you know, the little guy who just runs away from everybody, and, oh, my God, he's going to get killed. But he's Jerry Lou McGee, but with more shifty and more Better, yeah. 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 And he he's a legitimate, like, he is not scared to make catches in traffic. He has really good hands, really good ball skills, really good body awareness. He can just be such a weapon. And it's the thing where, like, oh, he returns two punts for touchdowns in the opener and just keeps up that pace, and all of a sudden that is the only person that you hear about and he's just the most famous person in the state because he's, you know, he's a billing senior guy. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the state has known about him since he was, what, a junior in high school? Probably a sophomore in high school. Yeah. He's a legacy guy. I mean, his sister is one of the greatest track athletes in the history of the state of Montana. She's still the record holder in the 100-meter dash. His dad, Mark, played for the Grizz. Like, he's, you know, they, they got all the things going on for the Solsters. He has to do it, like you said. It's now or never, and the problem is just going to be can he stay on the field. Number eight on offense, Daniel Britt, a 5'11", 185-pound quarterback, true freshman out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Liberty High School. Uh, he first became a legend in that neck of the woods by taking out Bishop Gorman, who's basically won every single game and every single state championship in Nevada for 10 years straight. And uh, they took him down, Liberty High School did. 
Britt is, uh, it's funny watching him at practice, man, because he's a gamer. He's talented. Yeah. He's so small. They make him go against the ones at least twice every single practice just so they can beat his ass, basically. And, uh, you know, it's funny the way they're treating him like a fresh. I was out at practice today. Uh, if you're listening afterwards, today is August 31st, or the Tuesday of the first game week. And uh, Cam Humphrey, Chris Brown, and uh, Robbie Patterson all had these new quarterback jerseys on. They're black with, like, this these white trim on them. Huh. Daniel Britt's still wearing the white one. They don't give the freshman the special quarterback jersey. So it's, it's just typical Bobby Houck stuff. But, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I think a Britt, I, he looks like he's got the want to. It's just hard to evaluate because basically every time he plays against the ones, they just fuck him up. So I don't really know. It'll make him better, though. Yeah, I think he's I think he's game enough to deal with it. I think he's damn good, man. He's yeah. He made a throw on a rollout a couple weeks ago where I was watching a practice, rolled right, dropped it 40 yards downfield. I mean, I think he's got all the talent. I think he's a kid who, you know, fans will really like if yeah. he ever gets to play. Yeah, for sure. Number eight on defense, Corbin Walker. To me, uh, his talent has been apparent since he came in out of Hazen uh, Senior High School in Renton, Washington. Uh, but... I he to me he's he, I think he's the biggest surprise of camp. I, I knew he was going to be in the mix. I did not think he was going to be like the number one corner. Like when they are going ones on ones, he's guarding Sammy and Kim. He and he's loving it. He wants the challenge. And they brought multiple FBS guys in sure. to try to take that spot. Yep, hasn't happened yet. Yeah, no, he's it's more than he, he's he's talented. He can run. Uh, he's got good ball skills. He's got good hips. But his number one attribute is a, he's, he's a dog. Like he he's he not only is he matched up with a Kim like he wants it he's like talking shit every time he breaks up a pass like he's he's a dog and I think he's they a, love it he's a really good athlete too like he, he is, is he's really fast no he's really fast for sure um, I mean you have to be to play corner but I think he's probably responded as well to uh, Ronnie Bradford's coaching more than almost anybody too I think that's part of it is that Bradford's kind of a bark at you type get in your face coach and Walker just li- lives for the hype. And he's had success, right? Because he had a pick six in the playoff game. He did, yeah. In front of, you know, 27,000 people or however many people were there at Washington Grizzly Stadium. For sure. Number nine on offense, Drew Deck out of Kalispell Glacier. He's a freshman. He's one of these guys that's sort of like a super true freshman because he came in two years ago, hasn't even got a chance to redshirt yet. Uh, He's still in that mold of those Montana slack guys that we were talking about, Gabe Solcer, Junior Bergen, but... Uh, he hasn't put on the mask quite yet. He's only 160 pounds, so uh, I think he's got just a, another couple steps to make. It, I don't expect him to really fit in the mix much anywhere this year. Number nine on defense, David Copang out of Missoula, Loyola. Uh, he was running with the twos for a lot of camp before Trajan Cotton kind of made his way back. Another guy who's hurt by the depth of that second. Yeah, he is for sure. Uh, Copang's one of those dudes where he's from Missoula. He loves it. He's he's not going to do anything but finish his career unless it gets taken away from him by un, unforeseen circumstances. Like He's it doesn't matter to him ever as long as he's like a part of this thing he's gonna do it he's a really good athlete though and uh more than anything his teammates love him i mean he's rolling around with like the dudes so yeah that always helps you know like he he's hangs out with like braxton hill and marcus wellnell and like that whole gabe solcer like that group All of the guys. Montana guys yeah the montana guys yeah. and like so when you're in like then you have your teammates support too and they're rooting for you so I mean, I think Coping's on the right trajectory. He'll play special teams, and if somebody's hurt, he's next man up. But I think I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, I think he's a guy who he's better than some guys who are playing at other big sky schools for sure. Number ten, Robbie Patterson. 
He's a Richard sophomore transfer. Uh, he's from Medford, Oregon, same as Dante Olson. Uh, but he comes to Montana by way of Saddleback Community College, same as Cam Humphrey. Uh, 5'11", 196 pounds. I mean, he's mobile. He's a uh, decent athlete. He's just, I mean, he's just a depth guy at this point. He's, you know, I think, he, I think he's fine. He's just not going to really fit in the mix unless some catastrophe happened. He's got to be the third guy this year. I think that even if they got to be the third guy, they'd maybe even Brit? just think about going with the young guy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Patterson wins it. I don't know. But I mean, if that happens, your entire season is on fire. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Robert Patterson, uh, he's fun. He's fine. He's he's good. Whatever he gives him the three is a good look. Uh, number 10, Marcus Wilmel, 6'1", 225-pound retro junior out of Helena Capital. I uh, love this guy. I think he's... Uh, He's sort of a, a silent assassin. He doesn't really say much. He's not really a rah-rah guy, but he runs really well. He's got nose for the ball. He hits. Uh, I mean, he just he's just the next off the conveyor belt of Bobby Houck's linebackers from Montana. He's just exactly what all the rest of these guys are. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the median guy of all these guys. Like, oh, he's 6'1", 225, yep. went yep. to high school in Montana. Yep. He's a baller. Yep. Loves football, doesn't say shit. He just, exactly. He just does what the coach tell him and just hits people, and he's Bobby's dream come true. The exact average of all of their Montana linebackers <laughs> that they've had. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player, for sure. I actually think he has a chance to have a big year just because of their scheme. You know, He'll, he'll make plays, but... Uh, the place he's playing there at the inside linebacker spot, they're gonna. Uh, he's just gonna have a lot of plays filtered right to him. He's just he's gonna have a bunch of tackles just because of the spot he's. Playing. And he's gonna get a chance to rush the passer. Yeah. Yep, yep. Number eleven, back to tight end. This guy's got a crazy saga from gray shirt to red shirt to COVID shirt. He's been in high school. He's been in college. Excuse me, since since Bobby Howe got to Montana, yet he hasn't played in a real game. He's played. Receiver and DN, and now he's finally playing tight end. It's Cole Gross, been 6'4, 220 out of Vancouver, Washington. Uh, you had a great story on him on uh, Skyline Sports as part of our Elevated Expectations series. You can check that out. Um, I'm so interested to see what he can do in games because he's a freak, man. Weapon. He, he's just a freak athlete. He's he. You just you only have to watch him for like seven minutes. To be like, yeah, yeah, that guy's one of the best athletes on the field. He's just a freak, man. He's a great athlete. Deadly. He could be playing. He could be playing D one basketball somewhere. I mean, he could be playing D one a lot of things somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could play if he wouldn't have had his his, his grades thing coming out of high school, whatever. I mean, he he's an FBS talent. Like that's what FBS wing tight ends and or like big slots look like, man. I mean, he's just he's he's just really 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 gifted. And he's fearless. He goes up and gets it. Like he's just, he's about the game. Like yeah, he's gonna have a big year. Eleven defensively is Gabe Longin. He's a walk-on safety out of Great Falls High. Uh, I don't really know much about the kid. Haven't really seen him participate much in practice. So number twelve, Chris Brown, six foot four, two hundred twenty pound redshirt freshman quarterback out of Bozeman High School. Uh, he's by way of Southern California. His brother Cameron Brown played for the Bobcats uh, as a walk-on out of Charter Oak Academy there in Covina, California. That caused Chris Brown's family to move to Bozeman. And uh, even though he's the same age as Jeff Choate's son, and Jeff Choate, I guess a year younger, but played with Jeff Choate's son, former Montana State head coach, at Bozeman. I mean, and Choate had an opportunity to go see him way more often than most prospects because you can go watch your kid's team whenever you want. Bobcats never offered him. The Grizz did. Bobby Halk played it up like it was a huge get. Jeff Choate played it down like we don't even want that guy. And... Uh, we haven't seen him in the line of fire in a real D1 game yet, but uh, the early returns are that Bobby Hawk was right and Jeff Cho was wrong. 
Yeah, he's he's a he's a talented quarterback. The ball comes he out of looks, his hands so different than everybody else that they get. Looks the part. Yeah. yeah. I'm just so interested. I don't, I, I want to know if there is a missing link. Because he, I mean, he he's made progress, but he also he's just I don't know. He just looks like a different type of cat. So we'll, we'll see. Number twelve, uh, I guess, on the special teams unit, Camden Capser. He's a guy that was a widely regarded, highly regarded, even nationally renowned kicker at Billings Central High School. He um, is Montana's all-time leading scorer at the high school ranks. That comes with a little bit of a caveat because I don't think that those records were kept very accurately, yeah. especially at the small schools for years and years and years. There was no real max preps or anything. But that said, I mean, he's he's a prolific guy, uh, but. Um, He's got to get it locked in mentally because he's just not ready yet. Like they, they, they're kicking, they're kicking stuff during fall camp was a calamity. He Bobby was really not happy with it, and they brought in a, a transfer two weeks into camp because the young guys just weren't performing. Yeah, they had three freshmen who had a chance to win the job. None of them did, and uh, yeah, Kevin Macias is the guy now. Arizona State transfer, and uh, yeah, I mean they had to have it. Number 13, offensively, Xavier Harris is 5'10", 182-pounder out of Oxnard, California. Another one of those super true freshmen. Been on campus since 2020. Got some good looks in the spring uh, against both Central Washington and Portland State. And uh, don't look now, but he's the starter against the University of Washington. One of the most interesting guys on the roster because he really did come out of not nowhere in the spring. Like, people knew he was on the roster. But he was the backup in the spring, or the, uh, the third-string guy in the spring. Well, Marcus Knight never played in any of the spring games because so he was the, already hurt. So, yeah, Harris was the number two behind Nick Osmo. Played well. Yeah. Uh, and now comes into the fall, and nobody's moved ahead of him, and now Osmo's out for the opening game, and you're playing a kid who's still a, still listed as a true freshman, didn't even get his redshirt year. Yeah, I mean, he's a running back's best plug-and-play position. He's talented enough to do it in certain aspects. I just worry, can he handle the pounding if they do load him up with a bunch of carries because he's small? And can he pass block? And can he operate just the offense when he doesn't get the ball? Well, if Montana runs a lot of plays like you think they're going to. If you think they just, you know, try to blow people out on offense, and, you know, seven seconds or less people, he's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to get a lot of plays in the game, especially with he's now the starter. they got a transfer in behind him yep. who hasn't played at Montana at all. He's going to get a lot, of, a lot of plays, a lot of snaps, a lot of touches. Yep. There's a lot of double numbers and a lot of guys that are expected to be big-time players for Montana here, these first uh, 12 numbers. But now we can start uh, ripping a little more here as we get into the, the meat of the roster. Number 13 is Ryder Meyer. He's uh, safety out of Fairfield, Montana, Richard freshman. He helped lead Fairfield to Class B State Championship his senior year. Uh, he's the son of Les Meyer, who's one of the great coaches in Montana high school football history, especially of the modern era. And uh, he's kind of just a depth guy, so I think that he could contribute on kick teams, but... Um, other than that, he's just kind of still becoming that Class B guy who needs to develop a little bit more uh, to get himself in the mix. Another coach's kid, Ryan Arnston. He's a five foot seven, hundred eighty pound running back out of Helena, Retro Junior. Uh, he's the son of Tony Arnston, who was the longtime Helena High head coach before giving away to Scott Evans. Tony Arnston now coaching at Carroll College. So Ryan Arnston, a good guy to have under roster. He got good football knowledge, loves the game, and. Um, probably not going to get many carries unless the running backs keep going down, so we'll see. But Arson may be probably not in the mix. 15, forevermore retired in honor of Dave Dickinson, the greatest grizzly of them all, quarterback of the 95 National Championship team. If you like podcasts, go check out our Grizz Greats Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. 
our Dave Dickinson uh, interview in that podcast series certainly a uh, a thrill uh, for me as somebody that grew up in Missoula and loved Dave when I was a little kid. So uh, fun to have him as part of the podcast series. Number 16 on offense, wide receiver Aaron Fonts from Oxnard, California, like Xavier Harris. 6'170 pounds. Once upon a time, he chose Montana over Colorado State, and he's been waiting his turn for a couple years. They love him. I asked Grant Pease about him on the golf course this summer, and he said, man, he's one of the most talented guys we got. He's just need to learn how to – he just needs to learn the offense. So uh, – they require a high level of detail from their freshman receivers. Uh, Fonts was really good the spring of 2020 in the spring scrimmage, uh, but he hasn't got many reps since then, so I don't know what the, the missing link is, but he's a talented guy. It's crazy that you have a chance to have been in the program for two years yeah. and still have just not made any progression right? because there was just no chance to, right? right. Like there was no fall camp, no fall season in 2020. And now in 2021, it was weird with the two spring games, and it's just, it's thrown some people off. No question. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Number 17, defensively, Robbie Houck. Uh, I could spend half an hour just completely dicing everything about this. I think that the number one biggest misperception in the state of Montana is the way that fans, particularly Bobcat fans, but also Grizz fans, misunderstand what Robbie Houck's role is in the Grizz defense. He plays safety. He doesn't have coverage responsibilities because in their run fits, he's their third linebacker. He's essentially their Sam. He just plays in the third level. Their whole run fit is to have the inside linebackers make the tackle, and if they don't, Robbie Houck makes the tackle. So when he's biting on play picks and stuff like that, that's because that's the run fit. So it's not his fault. He's, in fact, doing his job to uh, an ex- I mean, I think in terms of the specific details of the position he plays, he's absolutely one of the best players in the Big Sky Conference. Definitely. So the stereotype of Robbie Houck, especially when he came in, is that he's playing because he's Bobby Houck's kid, right? Yes. And that's 100% not true. He's an exceptionally talented guy. But what is true is that this defense is set up around his... He's just in the perfect role for his strengths. He's not asked to do more than what he can do. He's not asked to extend himself. He's asked to fill the best role for him, and he does it perfectly. He runs his butt off. He hustles. He's the vocal leader of the defense, no question. Uh, and he's just one of the leaders of this team. I mean, he's a very mature kid, high football IQ, and uh, I don't know, man. I know that it's easy to hate on guys. Don't hate on Robbie Houck, man. He's a, he's a fucking stud. Just let just enjoy it. Watch him. For, just watch him for a full defensive series. Just him. And watch how much he runs. He never loafs. He just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. His physical conditioning is just exceptional. So physical conditioning, his will. I mean, he's just yeah. he's, he's listed as a hunt at 185 pounds. No way. He's like he's one of the most normal looking guys on <laughs> this tiny, entire man. roster. Yeah, he's yeah. tiny. Yeah, he's no, he's he, he's a I I and, big Robbie Hawk fan. Yeah. Sammy Kim, number 18, 6'4", 210, redshirt senior out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, a guy that is a two-time second-team All-Big Sky guy, be, despite getting hurt two years in a row. Uh, I just think that he he's the hardest-working dude 
maybe among all the offensive skill positions. I, I just love this kid. I've gotten to know him on a personal level. He's he's just the man, dude. I just think he's. I think the world of him. I think he works his ass off. And uh, just on a personal level, I thought I hope he has a big year because I, I think he he definitely of all the guys on this squad, he deserves it. Completely agree. He's a great guy, and on the field, I mean, he's the biggest mismatch problem in the conference. Like, how are you going to cover him? Right. He's, he's That's the biggest argument for Cam Humphrey just being fine. Because if it all goes to shit, just look for 18, man. Just throw it. Just yeah, throw it. I mean, you can look and see if he's single covering. Right. It's not even going to matter. If he's right. double, give it up to him, you know? Yeah, for sure. Just throw it up there. He'll go get it. Number 19, Malik Flowers, 6'2", 200 pounds. Richard Jr. out of Fontana, California. Uh, first time I ever saw this dude, fall camp 2018, I was like, who's that? Because he's not only so fast, but he's also jacked too, and so he has the physical makeup. It's wild to think um, if he would have scored on the end around against Portland State, that would have been his fifth touchdown as a Grizzly, and he has never caught a ball. Yeah. That's crazy. How do they get him involved in the offense? I don't know. It's been kind of a log jam out receiver, but uh, it's not for lack of talent, because Malik Flowers is definitely one of the most dynamic players. and I mean, in terms of speed, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Oh, he's unreal. It's the same story as Sulcer now because he's a redshirt junior now. Yep. If it's going to happen, it's got to happen this year. And I think he's a good receiver aside from just being a big play you know, guy on returns and end rounds and stuff. I think he's got good ball skills. He was a guy who, like you, when he came in, I was like, who is this guy? Like, this is a guy who's going to make a difference at some point. Yep. And being a great returner and being a weapon is, is huge. It's nothing to, to sneeze at, right? But I think he has the potential to be an all-Big Sky receiver. He does. It's just a matter of is he going to get the balls to do it. I mean, who are you going to not throw to to get him involved? That's that's the problem. So, right. Especially when you talk about if the tight ends have an elevated role in the pass game, too. Because if Grossman's out there catching you know, 40, 50 passes this year, that's lesser flowers, too. So we'll see. But he, he, does, he, will, he does give Montana one of the best uh, kick returners uh, in the conference and in the country. Number 19, Podrick Lang, number 20, Brady Lang. They're twins from Bozeman, Montana. Their dad, Kenny Lang, was actually a great bobcat, uh, but he grew up with Bobby Houck, so that was the connection there. And uh, these guys are just preferred walk-ons. They were solid players in high school. Uh, good roster guys to have as true freshmen. And uh, if they can develop, who knows? Uh, we've seen many, many guys as walk-ons turn into contributors at Montana. Number 21, Justin Ford, a six foot, 290-pound redshirt junior corner out of Concord, North Carolina. Um, a super cool kid, man. He came on the show twice during his recruiting. Uh, an unbelievably talented guy, too. I know that there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, transfers certainly have to prove their mettle at Montana before they, they're never going to be handed anything. Um, but the reason that Corbin Walker is one of the big surprises to, of camp to me in terms of his starting role is because I fully expected Justin Ford to be a starter at corner. He's the biggest guy on that defense who looks just looks like a pro cornerback because he oh, is six yeah. two. He's really physical, and he's another guy who's just not scared of yep. going against guys like Sammy Kemp, like you said about Corbin Walker. I mean, he just wants it. Like he has been covering guys like that his entire life because he was at Louisville, left there, originally committed to Kansas, then came to Montana after that fell through. I mean, he he's a big game player. Number 21, Marcus Knight, 6'1", 215-pound junior out of San Juan Capistrano, California. Uh, That's a huge loss for Montana. He got hurt in the spring before the spring season even started, tore his ACL. There's rumblings that he could be back before the end of the year. Uh, I don't really know. 
but he's not there. He's not available right now, and that's a huge loss because, like Dylan Cook told me, there's two types of running backs, ones that need offensive lines and one that don't. Marcus Knight don't need one, as Dylan Cook said. <laughs> so uh, Knight's just a, he's a ridiculous talent, and it sucks that he's out because uh, I think that if you were to ask me what are the things that could take Montana from what is an already really, really good team, I think a favorite to be a semifinalist in the FCS, to a true national championship contender, it would be uh, a versatile dual-threat running back with speed and uh, a dominant guy on the interior defensive line. And one of those two guys is number 21, Marcus Knight. He just happens to, not be, he just happens to be out this year. He looked okay during fall practice. I mean, he was walking around and he didn't, you know, he didn't look like he was hobbling or anything, but obviously didn't get any reps. So still up in the air about when he's going to come back. Just a guy who made one of the biggest splashes, I think, in Montana history. I mean, coming in as a Juco transfer. I mean, he broke Chase Rails records, man. G- yeah, exactly. Like, that's, Bobby that's ridiculous. Want to, Bobby Houck didn't even want to acknowledge it because I think Bobby Houck thought it was like sacrilegious that a guy that had been on campus for a year was breaking, you know. One of the legends of Montana football's touchdown record. I, you could tell that Bobby even told Marcus what to say, like when they knew the record was coming. <laughs> because, like, when somebody asked Marcus, like, what's it mean to break this record? He's like, Chase Reynolds is one of the greatest players in Montana history. I have a long ways to go to be like Chase Reynolds. When he but, didn't know anything about <laughs> Chase yeah. Reynolds nine months ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was totally drilling his head. Bobby told him, like, <laughs> yo, dude, this dude played in the league for seven years. You got a long ways to go. So, uh, interesting note. I was actually uh, talking high school football on Nuanas Now. And uh, I remember you know, Chase is a grade younger than me, but but Chase was like Chase and Mike Chavez, the uh, the great Native American basketball player who was basically like a traveling roadshow when he was in high school. Played at three different high schools. He was the first guy ever in Montana. I remember that was like they put him on TV, like they were putting Hart Butte Class C games on TV because Mike Chavez was just this like Native American Michael Jordan. Everybody was watching him, but Chase Reynolds was like that. He wasn't on TV at Drummond. That, like the myth of Chase Reynolds started to spread, and Class C played on Saturdays back then. They still do a fair amount now. But when I was in high school, we would go over and drive to Drummond because it's only forty-five minutes away to watch Chase Reynolds because it was like it was like Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile, man. Like Chase Reynolds was just scoring every time he touched the ball. It was unbelievable. Uh, but interesting note, Chase. I remember in college, uh, he he got married really early, and he was with his high school sweetheart all along. And I remember he had a kid when we were, when he was like a senior in college. When my brother was still playing for the Grizz, and uh, crazy to think, but his kid now is in high school, and his kid oh, is wow. the starting running back at Missoula as a freshman. Does so, that make uh, you feel old? It does make me feel old, but also you know I don't want to put too much on the kid because again, Chase Reynolds rushed for like four thousand yards and fifty something touchdowns at Montana, and then played in the NFL for seven years. So you know if you grow up to be like your dad someday, kid, good for you. I don't want to put it on him, but the kid is starting at Loyola already, so. Uh, we'll see. It's something to monitor. Number 22, retired in honor of Terry Dillon. If you don't know that story, go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Just type in Terry Dillon. I wrote a feature about him for the Montana Football Hall of Fame when we inducted him a couple years ago. A crazy story, man. He was uh, an all-time great Grizz. He played two ways for the Grizz. Then he got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Had an outstanding rookie year. And then he was working construction in the summer because that's what those guys used to do back then. And the piece of heavy equipment he was operating uh, out by the in Milltown, Bonner area, fell off the bridge and crushed him, and he died. It was like, it's like this crazy Wayne Estes-like story. Uh, but Terry Dillon's a guy worth remembering, so if you want to know more, go check out that profile, skylinesportsmt.com. Number 23, Tanner Huff, freshman from Butte, Montana. Uh, he's not going to be in the mix this year. He's a walk-on guy, but he reminds me 
of my brother Brooks because Brooks had an injury-riddled senior year of high school and was a little big guy. And he had some offers and some interest when he was a junior, but then he lost them all when he was a senior because he had to have compartment syndrome surgery after he broke his ankle. And uh, then Brooks went out and won the Western Divisionals in the Class AA uh, in the 100 and then placed at state. And they got offered to walk on in Montana. Tanner Huff did that same thing. He swept the 100 and the 200 meters at the Class AA deal. And uh, all of a sudden, he's going from a frontier school to the grit. So good for him for earning it. We'll see if he can. I mean, he's got talent. He's a raw prospect, but we'll see if he can turn that into uh, any sort of production. 23 defensively. Aunt Joe So, he's a 6'4", 170-pound corner out of Murray, Utah. Uh, Grizz getting into Utah a little bit, recruiting-wise, because of Kent Bear. He played at Utah State, and he coached at Utah State, so that's kind of the connection there. But So was, has been good. I was going to mention this. You know, I was down in Pocatello, Idaho, which is two hours north of Utah. There's good talent down there. I mean, oh, around, really around Salt Lake City for sure. But throughout the rest of the state, man, you can find players down there. Well, prep football in Utah is good, man. If you're... Guys that are highly regarded in Utah are, I think Utah is actually one of the better states in the West. Guys from Utah are better than Colorado. Uh, Montana has, guys from Montana are so interesting because they're so raw. It's like, yeah. it's like this, un, 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 uh, no one recruits here. So like, you know, you're just going to get these dudes who just could be so good and sometimes are so good. We don't really know. But Utah has like the best talent besides like probably Washington, California, any of the states out west, right? Yeah, and Utah is even still under-recruited, like yeah. not like Montana or Idaho or Wyoming or some of those states, but like I don't think there are enough people going there for the level of talent that is around. So is aggressive, he's strong, and uh, I actually, he's going to be in the mix this year, and I actually won't be surprised if he plays like a lot, so uh, he's a guy they really like. How do what do you think about like a guy like that like trying to keep his red shirt because you can do that now and they've done that with a lot of talented guys in the past. I think it just really depends on how much they need him on special teams. Sure, and if, and who gets hurt. But, well, of course, yeah, unforeseen sort. Yeah, maybe though. I don't. I think he's. I think he's too good to keep his red shirt, man. I think. I think he's playing. I think he's a go. I think he's going to be a play. He's going to play. He can definitely help them. I mean, even sure. if it's situational snaps and playing special teams, so. You know, if you have championship aspirations, you might as well use every guy who can help you out. T.J. Roush, he is one of uh, four Missoula Sentinel guys who helped lead the Spartans to the Class AA uh, state championship uh, back in uh, 2020. Gino Leonard, who's number 31, is another one of those guys. Um, Soren Seabrood, who's number 38, is another one of those guys. And uh, Jace Kluswich who's number 39, is another one of those guys. So I'll kind of lump all those guys in together. And Jackson Lee, who's Jackson, right below ja- yeah, yeah, Roush Jackson, on the roster. Yeah, Jackson Lee was a, a, sa- a safety two classes ago, so he would have been on the 2019 team that went to the semifinals. So you got all those guys. Um, Lee's the only one that's on the two deep. Uh, they like Lee a lot. He's put on some weight, some strength, and uh, he's Robbie Houck's backup um, there. So... Um, the only things worth mentioning about those Sentinel guys, besides the fact that uh, they're all just great developmental guys, I think that all are going to love being a part of the program, and if they stick it out, I think they have a chance to all crack the rotation in some form or fashion. Uh, but Roush was recruited as a receiver, now he's playing safety. So a uh, position change for him, but he's got good size for safety. 6'3", 190. And uh, a legacy guy as well. His mother, Ann Lake, was... Uh, Big Sky Conference MVP for the Lady Grizz once upon a time. So unbelievable that you know all this stuff. <laughs> it's like the fifth family connection that Coulter has pulled out in the first twenty-five plays. Here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, Gino Leonard 
Uh, he's an inside linebacker. His grandfather was Gene Leonard, who led Sentinel to their uh, last state championship 48 years ago. And uh, Soren Sivrud, uh, I think he's a, kind of the heart and soul of that Sentinel team. And then Kluswich, both his dad and uncle both played for the Grizzlies back in the late 1980s. So uh, he's a guy by way of Frenchtown who's, who played a senior at Sentinel that I think He's the most talented of those guys, and I think he's got a lot of potential. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to Blackfoot Business. Business.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. 26 offensively. Nick Ostmo, sophomore running back out of Lincoln High School in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he was kind of the bell cow during spring. Uh, he's re- suffered an injury uh, recently, and he won't play against UW, but I'm hearing that he likely will be back this year. So um, I know that losing your top two guys on your depth chart at running back, it doesn't seem like it's an ideal situation. It's not. I know I'm in the minority in this. I think it's way less of a concern than people are making it out to be. Just for the pure fact that I think Osmo is good. I think he's a situational player, though. Uh, and I think that Isaiah Childs and Xavier Harris are just better. I think those guys were going to get carries over him anyways. Ooh, I don't know about better. Because I like Osmo a lot, man. He's a, he's a big guy. I mean, he fills a role that those guys maybe don't. I mean, he weighs 30 pounds more than Xavier Harris, you know? And he's he's a good athlete. He was a great baseball player in high school, too. I thought he was really good in the spring. Uh, he he is good for sure. Um, I, I guess I should state this correctly. Osmo was going to get they, so they just need to find a guy to fill the role that Osmo was going to play, which was going to be as a third down back when they needed a pass blocker and a short yardage guy or you know first down guy, whatever. Um, but I think in terms of like the slashing and the guys are going to be the explosive plays, and I just think that they were going to get they're all going to get like equal carries. Sure, I just think that not having that third down short yardage back is maybe a bigger deal than some people think it is because I don't know who the potential backup for his, him is there, and we can we'll talk about a couple guys who might be. Yeah, uh, and I'm also not sure that like. The offensive line is quite at that level of like just mauling. Like it doesn't matter who your back is in those situations. To be continued. Twenty-seven. Trevin Gradney. He's out of Billings West High School. Retro freshman cornerback. He's the son of Joe Gradney. He actually played at Montana State. Uh, but Trevin, um, I think he's just where you think a, a freshman corner from from Montana would be. He's running with the threes. He had a pick at a practice one time when I was there. Ah, uh, he runs well. I think he's. I think he's good. I think he'll. If he keeps making progress, he'll be in the mix in a year or two. Yeah. Isaiah Childs, running back out of Manhattan, Kansas, by way of Akron. Uh, he's a freshman, and uh, he looks different, man. He he looks the part all day long. This kid's a stud. He's man. a stud. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise that he got offered by Kansas State and they wanted him to play linebacker because that's what he looks like. He's got the lower body of a linebacker. Yeah, he looked well. I think he would have needed a year or two of development before he was playing linebacker in the Big sure, 12, but sure. you can see why they thought that, yeah. I mean, he's built, he's got that lower build. He's smooth, too. No, he is smooth, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a great dude, too, man. Uh, I love this. Uh, I hit him up when, uh, when he first committed, and he was like, man, I'm already in Missoula. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, my show's on TV. You want to come over? And he's like, 
Yeah, and then he like texts me a couple hours later, and he's like, "Mr. Nuanez, I don't have a car." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, bro!" I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Well, I'll take an Uber over there." I was like, "No, no, dude, you do not need to send twenty bucks. Come to a radio interview. We'll just call you." Yeah. And he's like, "Hold on." And then he hits me back again. He goes, "My boy Malik, who I'm assuming is Malik Flowers, is gonna let me borrow his car." He's like, "I'll be there." So he showed up, and he was so excited, and he's just like the smoothest dude. Uh, he's. He's gonna have some fun in Missoula. We'll just leave it at that because he, he's a uh, he's a good looking kid. Well, there's a football prospect and just in general. So he's uh, I loved having him on the show though, man. He's really funny. He's a sweet kid. So uh, I think I think he's gonna be a stud. That's a great story. Yeah, I mean, if we're betting who's gonna be the number one guy at the end of the season, Isaiah Childs. Man. Yeah, I think so too, man. Uh, number twenty nine is a punter, Brian Buschini out of Helena Capital, redshirt freshman. Uh, for all the talk about the kickers being in sort of disarray before they added the transfer. Uh, Bushini's good. I think he looks good putting the ball. The ball sounds good coming off his foot. He's consistent. Uh, I think he's fine. I think he's. I think they're set. I think they're set at punter for the next couple of years. Good story because he was a walk on too coming out of yeah. Helena. Number thirty, Coulter Janicaro, 5'11", 214 pounds, a freshman out of Missoula, Big Sky. He was an All State quarterback, the MVP of the East West Shrine Game, and uh, the younger brother of Levi Janicaro, who's coming up here in this Grizz by the numbers, uh, but. You know, first day of fall camp, you're always hanging out with your media cohorts, your colleagues, making silly little side bets, not real money being exchanged, but just, you know, for bragging rights or whatever. And uh, Riley Corkin, Sean Rainey, asked me, which true freshman is going to play this year? And I said, you guys are going to be shocked by my answer. And they said, why? I said, Coulter Janicaro. They are both like, no way. He's not even playing the position he played in high school. I've seen this a million times, man. He's just tough as shit. And he's so strong for a freshman. And I think that he's just going to find his way onto special teams, like on a punt return or a kick return, just because he's going to hit want to hit people, man. And the fact that Osmo is out now, he could be the guy that's in the mix for right. some of those short yardage carries. The thing is that that role is open right now. That's right. They need, I mean, I think if, they, if it works out perfectly for them at running back with the guys that they have healthy right now, Isaiah Childs is going to be, you know, the every down guy, yeah. the main guy, the bell cow. Xavier Harris is going to be kind of the scat back. Um, you know, you can do different things with him, getting him in space. And then Coulter Janet Carroll is the short yardage guy. Number 31, Gino Leonard out of his little center. We already went over him. Number 32, Drew Turner. Um, he's from Kalispell Glacier, but he's got Missoula roots. His dad, uh, Eric the Burner Turner, was the running back on Big Sky's 1994 state championship team. Uh, not Eric, Chris the Burner Turner. Excuse me. <laughs> I should know. The reason I know this one is because my high school football coach Gary Eckergan, rest in peace, great coach, great man. Uh, he used to always talk about Chris the Burner Turner because Eck loved his fullbacks. They all, mm-hmm. At Big Sky, we ran... Fullback tr- called the burner. They, well, no, he wasn't a fullback. He was a tailback. Because Eck used to always tell the fullbacks, Eck, we used to run 110 trap, which is the fullback dive, over and over and over again. Old school football. And uh, whenever the fullbacks would try to get fancy, he'd always be, you guys are not Chris the Burner Turner. Put your head down. Get the extra yardage. So we heard about Chris the Burner Turner. But Drew Turner at Casper Glacier, uh, he's got an epic mullet. And uh, he could be the short yardage guy for Grizz. I don't know. He's... He... Actually, he's he's not a guy that gets talked about a lot, but I actually think it's a huge season for him too. It's like Big if he can contribute, then he'll be in that group that's going to be in the mix. And if he can't, they're just going to get he, you're at that position. You're never going to stop getting out recruited. So you either got to break in the rotation and get some experience, or you're just going to get passed behind. 
So those connections and those stories are why Coulter is the best guy in Montana football media. Like, that's incredible. That was an incredible story. Well, thank you, uh, Gary Eckergan, providing the great content. So Drew Turner was a guy who came in with some hype, and he was getting he was getting reps he right did. when he came in. He did. And he was a guy who was a, a track champion in high school. He was a, a hurdles guy. Yeah. And came in and looked like he had a chance to be, you know, where he was sort of in that Goldilocks zone, and this is sort of a baseball term, yeah. where it's just right, where he's got the speed and the size, and he doesn't lose either one of them, yep. and I think he's regressed a little bit from there. Well, he's too big. I think he got too big he's, and lost a little bit too much of the speed. Yeah, he, he, he needed to be like that 210-pound sort of bigger running back who also is fast, and now he's just big, and he's, he's just not he's that fast. He's 230, but at the same time now... Like we said, that job of short yardage back is open now, so maybe being 230 pounds is going to work out for him. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, linebacker number 33, Carson Rostad, 6'3", 222 pounds out of Hamilton High School. Former Gatorade Player of the Year as a quarterback. Uh, family ties here, too. He's Jordy Tripp's cousin, and uh, he's the older brother of Tyson Rostad, who's currently a senior at Hamilton High School and who will be coming to the Grizzlies. Uh, but Rostad... I was hoping was going to get more of a shot at quarterback because he's he's a really good quarterback, man. And I think it would have been a hell of a story to have a kid from Hamilton as a, a starting quarterback for the Grizz. But then you watch him run around and you look at his body and you're like, well, okay, you should probably find somewhere for that guy because he's just I mean, he's 6'3", 225. He looks perfect. He's looking like a perfect outside linebacker. Yeah, talk to Bryce Carver, the Hamilton coach, today. Yeah. Uh, just, you know. Acknowledged how lucky he was to, you know, with Carson Rostad and now Tyson Rostad. Just acknowledged how lucky he was to have a Rostad playing quarterback for the last six years. Like, can you imagine that as a high school coach? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Carver's done a great job. We give Carver a bunch of praise on Nuanas now, but also uh, it's going to be a big year for Carver next year when he doesn't have a Rostad <laughs> playing quarterback for sure. Uh, number 34, Asher Croy. He's a Huntley Project kid, but he played his senior year at Bozeman High School, helped lead Bozeman to the uh, state championship and had one of the great high school finales uh, of anybody I've ever seen, man. 33 carries for 333 yards and three touchdowns on the road to win at Naranchi Stadium against Butte High School. Um, that's what dreams are made of, man. Yeah. And his, his dad, who was the head coach at Huntley Project forever, Guy Croy, who played for Montana back in the 90s, uh, I got just to interview those two guys on the field at Naranchi right after it happened. And it was one of the coolest interviews I've ever done because – this is a dad who walked away from his head coaching job to get his kid a shot at the double-A level, and then the kid has one of the great finales in the history of a high school career ever with his dad standing there on the sidelines. So, like, they did just hugged, and they were, like, hamming it up. I was like, man, I got to get this. Like, just tell me how you guys are feeling, and they were just loving it. It was such a cool interview. Uh, but Croy now is playing linebacker in Montana, and I don't really know uh, how to evaluate how he's coming along, but uh, he's got the want to. He's just a guy that's kind of stuck in the fold right now. Haven't seen a lot of him yeah. in the fall, yeah. Braxton Hill, 35, 6'2", 225, uh, sophomore linebacker out of Anaconda, Montana. Uh, if you listen to this show, you listen to my Nuanas Now show, whatever, you know that I've been on Braxton Hill since he's a junior in high school. I've been singing this kid's praises forever. I was pounding on the table for the Grizz to recruit him. Uh, I thought that the fact that they gray-shirted him is going to work out for the absolute best because he's a lot older of a guy now. But... Another guy, straight off the assembly line. He's 2 225 from Montana. From Montana, puts his head down, works, bangs, that's it. And guess what? So's the next guy, Levi Janicaro. He's not quite 6'2". He's a little bigger at 235 pounds. He's got his Mr. T haircut going on. 
Uh, I wouldn't screw with this guy, dude. If, of all the dudes, if you're like, who do you not want to fight? He's one of them, dude. He is a tough son of a bitch. He has been since those little big sky days. Uh, but I'm glad they got him playing linebacker because he's another one where he was going to be a tweener on offense forever. So just find a spot where that guy can just hit people because he just looks like a prototype linebacker. The interesting thing is going to be, like, how many snap? I, we think they're going to rotate a lot at linebacker. Yeah. But we've been through three or four of these guys who are yeah. just, you know, they need to be playing. They're going to make plays. They can't all be on the field at the same time. For sure. Number 37, Jace Lewis, 6'1", 230-pound redshirt senior out of Townsend, Montana. He's one of the great class B players of the last 15 or 20 years in Montana. Uh, he's the typical guy from Montana where the world perceives him as an underdog. Yeah. Because he's this like partial scholarship guy from this small school. I don't think Jace Lewis has thought he was an underdog for one fucking second. In his college career, man, he, he was just a straight winner. Uh, in high school, I mean, he's one of the most successful players that Class B has seen, won multiple state championships, was All-State in multiple sports, and uh, he cracked the lineup when Josh Buss got hurt a couple years back, and he's never given up his spot. He's just been nothing but just pretty much as good as it gets for Montana. Now he's wearing number 37, so um, he's about as can't-miss of a guy as there is on this roster. I think you know, unless he gets hurt, there's like you know exactly what you're getting from him. Like, 10 tackles a game, just period. And he has been as soon as he came into that lineup. Yep. We were talking about him and Dante, him as being the next guy behind Dante Olsen. Yep. And sometimes you expect growing pains when you're trying to get to that level, and he just stepped in beside Dante Olsen and was at that level from day one. Yep. Now we got a chance to go a little bit of rapid fire here. Number 38, Soren Seabrood from his little sentinel. We touched on him. Same with Jace Kluswich. Kale Edwards at number 40. He's a 6'5", 240-pound, now defensive end. He got brought in as a linebacker. But now he's a DN because he's got so big. Uh, he's a retro freshman eligibility-wise out of Coralade High School. Uh, he's gotten high returns, and uh, I, I think that maybe the position change actually sets him back a little bit just in terms of uh, getting on the field development-wise. But he's also had to do it because he's 6'5 now. Exactly. He, and he's, he's up to 200. He's put out about 25 pounds, too. Yeah. So uh, he looks really good, and I know that they like him. They like they like his just effort and, and how tough he is. So we'll see. 41, Kevin Macias. He's a... Uh, Grad transfer kicker from Arizona State, and uh, he actually was a punter mainly at ASU. He hasn't he hasn't kicked a college punter field. and kickoff guy? Yeah, he Wait, hasn't he kicked has a kick- field goal, yeah. right? But he's he's the guy. Bobby Howe said he's the guy in the press conference yesterday, and uh, I don't even know if that's because he's so good, but it's because everybody else was not about to be able to handle it. So I they, think he's I think he's good, man. You, I, think you, he's you, good. I haven't seen him practice. You've been to practice since then, and I haven't, so I don't really know. Ball comes off his foot, man. Yeah. Looks different. It's yeah. like a you know Vlad Guerrero Jr. taking BP, man. All right. Just look looks different. I mean, not like it looks like he's one of the best kickers in the country. He looks like a college kicker. I mean, he yeah, looks sure. like a guy who was D1, Arizona State, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. 43, long snapper, Grayson Pibble. In certain circles, this guy has uh, probably the biggest pressure of anybody on the team because he will have to likely succeed uh, Matt O'Donohue, the most famous long snapper in the history of the world. <laughs> no, OD has got this cult following. The Grizzfan podcast guys just love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite bartenders in Missoula, working out at the Missoula Country Club. Uh, so shout out to OD. He's always hooking it up. He's, he's the man. I love OD. Uh, but Grayson Pibble is a long snapper that could be the heir apparent. 44, Ryan Tyrrell, 6'2", 225. Does that sound familiar? Uh, linebacker out of Missoula, Loyola. Uh, he's Bobby Houck's nephew. He's Bobby Houck's sister's son. Um 
he's just a guy that uh, he just needs to keep developing because he's got the size and he's got the genes. So we'll see. Ryan Terrell could contribute on special teams this year, but uh, kind of just having to wait his turn as a retro freshman. 45, Chase Johannesson, uh, 6'1", 215-pound linebacker out of Park City, Utah. Uh, the same situation. He just kind of needs to, to scratch. He's still scratching the surface. needs to develop. 46, Micah Ashton, freshman tight end out of Del Norte High School, San Diego, California. Uh, same is that the same high school or same league as Robbie Hauk? I can never remember. Hauk went to either Cathedral or Del Norte. I think he went to Cathedral. Okay, so we Del Norte is then the rival. But they recruit San, yeah, they recruit San Diego because Bobby yeah, Hauk. Del Norte, Robbie Hauk. You did? Same okay, school. so same yeah. school. Um, Nick Edwards was the first guy who I said, who the hell that guy is that guy? Micah Ashton was the second guy who I said, who the hell is that guy? He's 6'5", five, five. I mean, 237, and he's just... He's he's got great hips. He's got great fluidity in the way that he runs, and so I was sitting there thinking, like, well, why is that guy here? Because he looks like a back twelve DN. He can't catch, so I don't want to hate on the kid. He's a developmental guy, uh, but he's got the part that is harder to figure out the physical part. Now he needs to learn how to play the position at a D one level. But uh, he looks it absolutely. Just get him on the jugs machine after practice. That's right. Yeah, forty seven. Kellen Dietrich, six three, two hundred thirty pound defensive end down a Haver. Um, he's raw, but he's a great athlete. He's a phenomenal high school basketball player, and he runs really well. So uh, he's got some upside for sure, but uh, he's going to have to wait uh, a little while. Zach Evans, defensive lineman out of Helena High. His younger brother, Marcus Evans, had an outstanding game week one for Helena High, helping the Bengals pitch a shutout over Great Falls High, 22 nothing. Uh, Bengals definitely one of the front runners for the state championship. Zach Evans is the older brother of Marcus Evans. Uh, he's kind of a tweener there on the D-line, but a good guy to have in the program. And uh, also the son of Scott Evans, who's the head coach at Helena High. So um, it's good good to have those coaches' kids because the, the coaches will keep sending you players your way. Number 49 is Matt O'Donohue, redshirt senior long snapper out of uh, Santa Ana, California. And uh, he's gotten talked about now because he's kind of got this cult fan following. Uh, but the fact is that no one's ever talked about Matt O'Donohue's performance on the field. And that's why he's a first-team All-American. Because he never screws up. You don't even notice him. He just is money. They, I, I can't remember him having a bad snap in a game, ever. And that's why he's a, he's a preseason All-American. So uh, those are actually the guys that are going to be really – I mean, he's going to be really hard to replace because he's just been pretty much perfect since he's been a starting long snapper. That's such an underrated advantage oh, on the field. When you, when you think about it and it comes down to, oh, what are the most damaging plays in a game? A bad snap? Yep. Field goal, pump, whatever. It doesn't matter can change the game, and they're just never going to have one. Number 50, De'Ari Todd, six foot two, 272-pound defensive end. He's a redshirt junior. He's a transfer from Michigan State. Didn't play at all at Michigan State, but did get to practice in the Big Ten for three years in a row. He also was a three-time uh, academic all-league guy, so you know he's a smart guy. Uh, but they played with him a little bit in the fall. They were playing him at D-tackle a little bit, then they moved him out to end. He was running with the threes. He wasn't really getting that much, but he ended up beating out R.J. Nelson. He's a number two on the depth chart. And uh, if if that comes to fruition, good for Montana's defensive line depth. Another one of those guys who's going to play a lot. I think he's actually perfect for like that strong side defensive end, sort of the the bigger defensive end, right? Because he can, he can play inside. I mean, I, you can play him at defensive tackle, I'm sure, because he's 272 pounds. I mean, he, he's built because he's a D1 guy. Um but I think that he's just like perfect for that, you know, set the edge, stop the run, like take up blockers. I think he'll, I think he'll play a lot. I think so too. 
Number 52, Michael Matthews, 6'2", 215, Richard Jr. out of Camas High School in Camas, Washington. Uh, he, I don't want to say he's like the forgotten man because he's not. He's like the seventh linebacker, and he could play both inside spots. Like, after Jace Lewis and Marcus Wilnell and uh, Braxton, Braxton Hill, Hill, like, he's, he's kind of like that fourth inside guy. He could also maybe be like the third guy there behind Patrick O'Connell and Levi Janicaro at that, like, outside linebacker spot. But the same thing is that he's in danger of dropping behind a bunch of those guys, too. For and sure. He's fading completely out of the, the picture. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big year for him, for sure. Only take on him is, what a neck that guy's got. <laughs> he's got a great big neck, for sure. Uh, number 53, Lorenzo Brown. Uh, I can't believe this guy's still here. Uh, and that's for no other reason than he was recruited by a previous coaching staff. He was one of Jason Seymour, former Grizz defensive coordinators, Main recruits. He came from Vegas, which there's not a lot of Vegas guys on this team, even though Bobby Houck does have his big-time Vegas ties from being at UNLV for five years. Uh, but Lorenzo Brown came in under a different coaching staff from sort of a foreign area. He was kind of left on an island, and then he got in some trouble, and he was suspended. And I just he just is the classic guy that would just, if he went home, he wouldn't be surprised. But he didn't go home. And... I don't know where he fits in the mix, but I give him a ton of credit for sticking around. He always says what's up to me at practice. Like, I don't know if he even knows who I am or whatever, but he's always like, what's up, man? Like, he says what's up to everybody. And uh, I think he's got some talent. He's got too. talent, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's big and explosive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can fit in the mix, but I'm impressed that he stayed. Tyler Flink, number 54, walk-on linebacker. I was with a big sky. He's a sophomore, eligibility-wise, 5'11", 227. Um He's going to play on kick teams because he's tough as shit. And uh, he's a guy that I know that they like because he brings it every day in practice. So who knows if he ever actually sees the field in a real defense. But he's a guy, he's, he'll dock somebody's head off on a kick return for sure. Easiest way to get on the field. That's right. Uh, defensive end Alex Herbert is number 55. He's a redshirt freshman out of Salem, Oregon. Um, I'm actually glad that he hasn't been made into a sideshow. So Alex Herbert only has half an arm uh, on one of his arms. I can't remember if his left or his right arm. But um, that was definitely a story. Uh, a, a local Big flurry of attention when he committed. When he committed. And uh, I'm actually sort of glad he hasn't become a sideshow. I remember this happened with Coney Dole. Coney Dole was a kid from Huntley Project who had a horrific ankle injury his senior year of high school, ended up getting compartment syndrome and having to have his leg amputated. And then he was the first college football player ever to play on a cheetah blade mm-hmm. when he walked on to Montana State. And... Coney Doles was going to be a just fine college football player. Like he was on the team for a couple years, and he was on. He played a little bit on kick teams, got into some games just a little bit. He obviously didn't have like the lateral movement to be an outside linebacker like they wanted him to be. I always thought they should have put him at DN, but I felt really bad for the kid because he was like the subject of all of these news stories. And like Good Morning America came to practice, and like Real Sports with Bryant Gumble was there. And he kept saying, he's like, yo, like the incident happened, and I was this guy that was the first. I did these stories, but now I don't want people to do stories yeah. on me because I, I want you to do a story on me because I'm playing, not yeah. because I'm just like this freak show. So I'm glad they haven't done that to Hurlburt at least yet. Yeah, there was a little bit of that when he committed and when because he's, he's a really good power lifter. Right. And so there was some attention around that even when he was in high school because he was putting up stupid numbers yeah. uh, with one arm weightlifting but you're right I mean he's just he's just another guy in the defensive line rotation right like yep. no other reason you know 
No other reason to focus on. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Communications. Connect to more. Number 56, Joe Babro, 6'4", 230-pound redshirt senior out of Mission Viejo, California, uh, by way of North Carolina State. Um, brought in before the 2019 season, was banged up quite a bit that year, so maybe didn't fulfill his potential. But now, here he is. He's the oldest guy on the team. Yep. I know that because Eli Alford and Alex Gubner were making fun of Justin Belknap for being so old. And Bill Knapp had said, hey, screw you guys. Babros is a couple months older than me. And made a point of saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Um, but I want to know, Mission Viejo guys, why they have so many tattoos. I, every guy I've ever covered out of Mission Viejo, they all have these epic tattoos. It must be a thing down there. But um, Babros, I think he could and should be a stud. I don't know anything about him. I never interviewed him. So I don't really know much about the guy uh, other than that he's the elder statesman on the Grizz. I think in the fall this year, he was getting the most pressure out of anybody on the defensive line that I saw. I mean, when you look up and you're like, oh, who is you know tapping the quarterback yeah. on the hip as he goes by the most or getting in the backfield and stopping the running back? Joe Babros. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's talented. If he could put it together, it'd be big for Montana. 57, A.J. Forbes, 6'4", 303-pound sophomore out of Bellevue, Nebraska. Comes to Montana as a transfer from Nebraska. He was on Nebraska's travel roster as a redshirt freshman, so that shows you the talent that he's got. He got hurt during the spring. It looked really bad. It turned out to not be nearly as bad as people thought. But he's also kind of struggling with it right now. He's questionable for Montana's game against Washington. So we'll see. Uh, but if and when healthy, big addition, because I think he actually is among, if not the most naturally talented lineman Montana has. Yeah, because he's got the frame, he's got the talent. A.J. Forbes, I think, is a really interesting guy. Um, he's one of the guys who's tried to promote himself the most with these new name image and likeness. Yeah, he's got his clothing line. With his logo on it, and I'm like, I don't know how that's going to work out, but like, good on him for trying it, and like that, that'll that help you down the line, just having the experience doing that. Um, I think he, he was like working on his own sports blog too at some point. Yep. Uh, just seems like it seems like an interesting guy. I've never talked to him, but yeah. He came on the show twice, and he was great. I loved it. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll hit him up. Maybe we'll get a little content from AJ Forbes because I mean, you don't got to sell me. You told me you're a, a standout center, and you also oh, like yeah. to do a little writing. I'm in, man. That sounds exactly like me. That's exactly. <laughs> he's AJ Forbes is who I wish I was once six, upon a four. time. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was six four. I don't know if I necessarily wish I was three oh three. I don't think I don't think anybody really wants to be three oh three. I think that's not good for your sleeping habits. But uh, no, he's a good addition for Montana. Number fifty eight. Does this sound familiar? 6'2", 225-pound linebacker from Kalispell, Montana. Like, do they have a test tube in <laughs> somewhere in the middle of the state, and they're just it's, it's cloning a, these guys? I mean, amazing. come on. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, you know, this is – I think this actually might even surprise you, even though we talk about the Grizz all the time. Um, if you were to ask me who's my favorite player on the Grizz, I think I said Patrick O'Connell. I think you've mentioned this to me before. I, I, actually... I love Patrick O'Connell. I think that Patrick O'Connell, one, is a microcosm for how much – it can hurt a program like Montana if the coach, if the head coach, 
doesn't truly understand what Montana and the Montana fabric of life is all about, Patrick O'Connell should have never had to go to the University of Mary and then come back and beg his way on the Grizz and walk on. He should have never had to do that. Yeah. He should have just been on the Grizz. He is exactly what the Grizz want. He yeah. comes from a Grizz program, Kalispell Glacier, coached by former Grizz quarterback Grady Bennett. He's a multi-sport athlete with a ton of upside. He's mean. He's tough. Like more than anything, though, he's got the best beard on the whole team. I just love Patty O'Connell. Uh, I, I could tell he was a super confident guy when he first transferred in because I, I thought he had a good story, so I wanted to interview him. And he was like, yeah, man, I bet on myself because I just know I can play. And then he has. He was he led Montana in sacks uh, in 2019, and uh, I, I, I just think that he's awesome. He's incredibly fun to watch. He plays his absolute ass off, and uh, I think he's just a great Montana story. Can't really add anything to that. I think he's another one of those guys, though, like Gavin Robertson, where he's just a little bit under the radar because he's just such a solid starter, and he's not one of those guys who's threatening to break in the lineup, and he's also not one of those guys who's – going to contend for the Buck Buchanan Award, but he's just really, really good. He's also among, if not the alpha, like you can tell. Like mm-hmm. When they're running from drill to drill, like he's the one leading the way. He leads the chance. He talks the shit. Like The other way, week when I was at practice, he just decided he was going to go field punts, and he just told everybody, get out of my way. I'm going to have some fun, field yeah. some punts. They'll finally coach out, came over and said, hey, dumbass, don't break your <laughs> don't break your finger. But he looks fine doing it. I mean, he's a great athlete. He's a great baseball player yeah. uh, growing up. So, uh, yeah, I just I think Patty O'Connell's a man. But 59, Corbin Mann. Corby Mann, excuse me. 6'5", uh, 220-pound walk-on out of Red Lodge, Montana. He's a freshman. Uh, this is another one of the Bobby Hawk specials. You recruit him tall and lean and raw and uh, with no expectation whatsoever to contribute for several years. You lock him in the weight room. You give him a full meal plan to the food zoo and say we'll see you when you turn 20 son and uh, we'll see we'll see what he becomes one guy who I think did get locked in the food zoo during uh, the quarantine was Dylan Botner he came into Montana as a 6'6 220 pounder out of whitefish he's 6'6 260 now so he probably still needs another 20 to be ready but uh, to put on the initial 40 uh, it's a good start especially when you still have four years eligibility remaining number 61 Hunter, Hunter McGinnis he told me how to say this. May the month, Guinness the beer. Hunter May Guinness. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. He's from Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona. He's a 6'5", 330-pound offensive guard. Redshirt sophomore by eligibility. Came to Montana as a summer transfer from Washington State. When I first saw him, first thing I thought, huge. Second thing I thought, out of shape, can't move. Uh, and I was wrong. I thought he wasn't going to be in the mix this year. I thought maybe he'd be behind training-wise as a transfer who didn't come in until late. Who's going to start? Against Washington, so that uh, could be a big addition. One of the guys where it tells you where Bobby Houck wasn't quite satisfied with the offensive line yet, yep. decided to go and bring in another transfer. One of those guys the first day of practice where we're pulling out and looking at the roster and asking Riley, like, hey, man, who is that guy? How'd he get here? Uh, because he, he looked the part, right? Yep. Uh, we're going to go through this, uh, this is a big group of offensive linemen who are all basically in the exact same position. So, and then we'll circle back around a couple of the numbers we skipped. 62, Kevin Good, a six foot four, 300 pounder, uh, true freshman out of Whitney High School in Rockland, California. Trevor Willenell, a redshirt sophomore. He's Marcus Willenell's um, younger brother. He's out of Helena Capital. He's 6'4, 280 now. Garrett Bloomdale, um, he went to the food zoo quite a bit <laughs> during the quarantine. He's up to 319 pounds. He was like a 250-pounder last time I looked at the roster, but he's a 6'3", 
319 out of Great Falls CMR, Richard sophomore. Brandon Casey, this guy's actually a big-time recruit out of Sandpoint, Idaho. Uh, chose Montana over Oregon State, but he's probably going to be uh, a couple years out from playing because he's a true freshman, but 6'5", 285. Tyler Ganung, who I thought was actually going to be in the mix at guard, but seems to be, have fallen uh, just a little ways out of the two deep. Uh, but he's a redshirt sophomore out of Sunset High School in Hillsboro, Oregon. Cody Canoose is a junior. Uh, he's an Air Force prep transfer. He's 6'6", 320 out of Gig Harbor, Washington. Noah Ambule, he came into Montana as a uh, tight end, and now he put on a bunch of weight, too. He's up to 294 pounds, redshirt freshman, out of Great Falls Central Catholic High School. Bo Kinney, uh, freshman out of Stillwell, Kansas, 6'5", 250. Colin Dreis, who actually really looks the part as a future contributor at offensive tackle, 6'7", 275 pounds, redshirt freshman out of Tucson, Arizona. Kakila Lincoln, another freshman out of Hawaii Prep uh, from the Big Island, 6'5", 253. Declan McCabe, a 6'5", 240-pounder out of Waco, Texas, who's a true freshman. And then maybe the guy that actually looks the best physically out of everybody that I just named, Liam Brown. 65307 out of Sunset High School uh, in Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, every guy I just named is a uh, an example of how Montana has put such a high priority on their offensive line. I have no idea which one of those guys is going to pan out or not, but I just named like 15 guys. So even if you go one for three, you're going to have a legitimate offensive line when this current group graduates. I think a big mark of like just the quality of your program is like what you can do with guys like that because every school can recruit guys like that. You know, sure. not a lot of those guys are huge prospects coming out of high school because they're just so raw. Yeah. Um, that like FBS schools aren't looking at them because they're a little bit short or they're a little bit skinny or whatever. But there are a lot of those guys around the country. So you can bring those guys in, but you have to develop them from right. there. And that says a lot about just like the quality of the program. I mean, can you turn one of those 10 guys into a great offensive lineman? You know, whether it's from working in the weight room or technique or, you know, a combination of both, toughening them up, whatever. It's such a huge developmental challenge. Number 64, circling back around to some of the main contributors in these offensive line numbers, is Dylan Cook, 6'6", 305-pounder, redshirt senior out of Butte, America. One of the best stories in the Big Sky Conference, man. This kid was... um, Butte High has sort of gone in waves uh, this last decade or so. They had the great year in 2013 when Dallas Cook, Dylan's older brother, led him to a state championship. Uh, then Tommy Malott a couple years ago led him to the state championship game, and then they lost to, to Bozeman. But Dylan Cook was a, a standout at Butte during a little bit of a dip period, and uh, he played quarterback. He ended up going to Montana State Northern to play quarterback. He somehow matriculated his way to Montana and joined the team as a walk-on and then became an offensive lineman, and now he's a Starter, an honors candidate, a captain, all of the above. He's a f- phenomenal athlete. I was so surprised that he was able to make the transition that he did. But now that I watch him, I'm like, man, like he's legitimately good. This is what he should have been doing all along. 100%. Yeah. This is the guy for me who was just the biggest what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> yeah, like right? He showed up at fall practice one day, yeah. and it's like, oh, this guy's 6'6". He looks like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. like he's a head above everybody else uh-huh. on the offensive line. Yep. Had a... Did, I don't see that number on my roster. Right. You know, like, who is this guy? Yeah. Yep, interesting. Uh, Skyler Martin, number 70. He's a six foot five, 302-pounder. He's put on a lot of weight. He's out of Vancouver, Washington, Skyview High School. Uh, he's a redshirt junior. I expect him to be a depth guy at guard and the backup at center. If A.J. Forbes, uh, he's been kind of 
in and out with uh, the knee. And uh, so Martin could get some reps at center. So uh, we'll see. He's I think he's solid. I think he's he, he, you can get by with Skylar Martin for sure. Yeah, and he has the versatility to play, you know, center, guard, either side, whatever. Seems like he'll play this week against Washington with Forbes being questionable. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect. To more. Number 71, 6'6", 330-pounder, Cordell Pillins, who's a redshirt senior out of Kodiak, Alaska. Um, he's got the size. Uh, he's just been a little bit inconsistent with both his health and his performance. And, uh, I mean, they brought in McGinnis to take his spot. And, that spot, And yeah. he lost his spot. So, uh, But, uh, good. I mean, to have a guy that size with some game experience, uh, good for your depth. 76, Colton Kintz, 6'8", 320-pound redshirt junior out of Missoula Big Sky. He is a former walk-on. They threw him to the Wolves uh, as a redshirt freshman playing on the as an offensive tackle. Man, I mean, he got eaten alive at first, but it shows you how playing time is just like the instrument of acclimation for offensive linemen because he, uh, by the end of the year, was uh, okay, serviceable, which for a guy who didn't, I mean, <laughs> our producer Tommy Evans is a drama teacher in Missoula Big Sky. Yeah. Tommy's jaw hit the floor when he heard Colton Kainz was playing for the Grizz. Because Colton Kainz is like a Big Sky high school. theater kid. He's like yeah. a drama legend, like the gentle giant six foot eight guy who's just, you know, went out for football when he was a senior to, like, do something. He wasn't even, like, an all-state player or anything like that. But because but, he was six eight. Well, yeah, Chad yeah. Germer's like, well, Matt Johnson, who's the six eight, 280-pound kid? Let's see if we can work that out. And so, um, you know, Kainz is playing guard now. In Montana's scheme, they do so much zone blocking that, honestly, the guards, all they got to be is team players, tough and big. And so if you can find those guys, uh, I think Kainz is actually better suited for guards. So I think he'll provide some depth behind both McGinnis and uh, Moses Mallory. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'll be in that top eight offensive lineman. Great story. One of the guys that I most wanted to see succeed on the team because I was doing I was doing the story when yep. he first broke into the yep. starting lineup, and it's like just – what a story. I mean, if you think about where he started and then where he ended up, because he was playing right away because they didn't have anybody they else. They literally didn't have anybody. But he had literally been playing football for like two, three years. Yeah. And he was starting for the Montana Grizzlies. And he's just, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, he's well-spoken. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So rooting for him to succeed, I do think it's a little bit of a waste to move him inside just because he is 6'8", right? Like you look sure. at him and that's what Chad Germer saw at the first place. He's like... Damn, this guy might be an all-conference tackle because he's got the length for it. But yeah, he's just—he just doesn't quite have that hitch. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to pigeonhole or blame anybody for anything, but like that game against Weber State in the playoffs last year, they just lined Adam Rodriguez up over Colton Kites and and the right side of that offensive line and just said, "Go fucking crazy!" And Adam Rodriguez went fucking crazy. I mean, um, yeah. he had four sacks and seven tackles for loss and. Um, I mean, he dominated Montana like nobody has dominated Montana since Lawrence Sidbury in the 2008 National Championship game when the Grizz played Richmond. Uh, number 77. <laughs> this guy makes me laugh. 
Look Moses, at that picture, man. Moses Mallory, 6'3", 332. Uh, you know, one of the reasons it makes me laugh is because Moses has done a great job of getting into better shape. He's lost 30 pounds since he's been in Montana, yet he still weighs 332. Uh, he's out of Harriman, Utah. He's a redshirt senior. Um I mean, his biggest issue is just being able to play every snap because he's just—he's still not in as good a shape as he probably needs or wants to be in. But he's a mauler, and he's I got th- everything else. Yeah, I just—the I, reason I laugh is because he knocks guys on their ass more than anybody that, that Montana's got on their offensive line. At least in 2019, anybody they had on that 2019 line. And uh, when he knocks you down, he makes sure he lays on you. And then when he tries to get up, he'll, like, roll over and wallow on you, and he's tripping you. And uh, half of it is not even really intentional because he's just so portly, he just has a hard time getting off the ground. But uh, he's <laughs> – shout out to our guy, Britt Wolberg at the Grizz Fan Pod, because he and I text about this pretty much every Saturday Grizz game, laughing at Moses Mallory just wallowing on the turf, sitting on people. He's, he's just so funny to watch, man. Coulter saying poorly just set me <laughs> over the edge because that's such a great word and such a great description of him. He is, dude. He's just poorly. They needed a guy to kind of set the tone on that offensive line. They'll like that. Like, just be a little dirty, a little nasty, and want to put people on their ass. Yep. And he was that guy. Yep. 78, Conlon Beaver, 6'5", 315, Redshirt Senior, out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um... It's almost an automatic if you're like a three-year starter at left tackle for the Grizzlies that you're going to get all these all-conference, yeah. both preseason accolades. And uh, for years and years and years, the guys that were the preseason guys also were the postseason guys. And the guys that were the preseason guys were also uh, having NFL scouts come to their pro days. And then it sort of hit this wall. And David Reese was sort of the last guy who was that multi-year starter who then really wasn't an NFL guy. And then Beaver has been sort of the latest iteration. He's been good. I wouldn't say he's like that next, you know, Danny Kissler or, uh, you know, Cody Baylog or, you know, some of these great left tackles that Montana's had in the past that were NFL caliber yet. But if Beaver had a huge senior year, he could be there. Um, it's crazy to say a guy who's been like a four-year starter who started like 30-plus games and he's a preseason all-league guy, preseason all-American – it's hard to say that he hasn't fulfilled his potential yet, but I still think he has a lot of that he could fulfill. I think he still has a lot to, uh, in front of him to improve. Yeah, he's the one guy who came in when that Montana Montana offensive line was really, really struggling, when yeah. it was one of the worst in the league, and yep. they were just throwing five guys out there out of necessity, basically. And Beaver's the one guy from that unit who's still, still out there, who sort of grew through all of that. But yeah, I don't know that he was... There are a lot of good offensive linemen in the league, and he was on first-team preseason all-conference with them. I'm not sure he's on the level of some of those other guys like Braxton Jones and sure. Tristan Taylor, Tuya Sopo. Ty Whitworth. Yeah, Pro all Weaver. those guys. Yeah. Number 80, Mitch Roberts. Mitch is the uh, younger brother of Benny Roberts, who was an outstanding baseball player at Washington State and then an outstanding Grizz in 2015 and then was on the Tennessee Titans for a little while. Uh, Mitch is also the younger sister, younger brother of uh, Olivia Roberts, former Mountain West Player of the Year at Wyoming in hoops, and he's also the son of Sherry Roberts, who Sherry was an outstanding player for the Lady Grizz during the beginning of Robin Selvig's career from 1980 to 1984. Mitch was a high school quarterback, 
switched to receiver and has quietly been uh, Mr. Reliable, man. He, he, uh, <laughs> it's funny, it sucks for Mitch because he was about six yards away from actually having like three or four touchdowns back in 2019. He got tackled like inside the five multiple times, and Marcus Knight owes Mitch Roberts a couple touchdowns because Mitch Roberts had like 25 or 30 yard receptions inside the five, and the Marcus Knight would just hawk the touchdown. <laughs> but uh, I, I think Mitch Roberts is great, man. I think he's an awesome asset to the team. I think he's well respected within the program, and uh, I think that uh, he now that he's got nobody else, and Samari Torres not there, I think Roberts has an awesome chance to, to have really elevated numbers this year. Another guy who they just don't have to worry about at all because no. he's never gonna screw up a route. Yep. He's never gonna never gonna have any drops. Uh, he's just gonna do what he's supposed to do, and he's a he's a really good athlete. I mean, six one, long, you know, fast, good player. Uh, another section of the roster where we can just rip. 81's Matt Rensvold, 6'4", 250-pound redshirt junior tight end out of Polson, Montana. Uh, I'm worried about this guy, man. He blew his knee in high school. He blew his knee again against Oregon. And then he blew his knee again in the spring. Uh, it's really a bummer, man. Like that's He's limping around to practice. He's one of the only guys that hasn't really dressed out for a practice yet. Uh, really hope he gets healthy. But his whole game was based on athleticism. He's one of the best rebounders in Montana in high school basketball. And... Uh, I mean, man, three knees in four or five years is just, I mean, it just sucks, man. It just sucks for him. It really, it's really a bummer. 82, Carver Gilman, redshirt freshman kicker out of Whitefish. Um, same as Cabinet Caps, man. He's just got to get the confidence part locked in because th- those guys were just shaking in their boots. And Bobby Houck is hard on those guys when they miss kicks. And, uh, He's not one to really try to boost up your confidence. Yeah, <laughs> if you, if that's you're, tough, man. If you're not doing it, it, it you're getting yelled at, and it's not going to get any better for you until you fix it yourself. You that's can't it. handle kickers the same way you handle everybody else on the roster because it's not like they can go out and hit somebody harder. But whatever, a lot of line drive kicks from Gilman. That's the thing that I'm so interested about with Hauk, though, is that Hauk had this – I mean – Dan Carpenter was the best tight end in the state of Montana yeah. when he was in high school. And sure. then also happened to be become the greatest kicker in the history of the Big Sky and a nine-year NFL veteran. Brody McKnight was like one of the fighting, drinking dudes I've ever seen play for the Grizzlies. He's the kicker. Like, he's not scared. He'll, we'll go, he'll hit you in the face in practice and kick your ass. So Bobby has had, like, these tough-ass kickers his first time around. So... Uh, I don't know. You might have to adjust. Where the you way gonna he... find those people? Like, yeah, right. Where are you right. gonna find people like that? Yeah, man? no, right. Exactly. It's hundred percent true. Number eighty three is Matt Simpkins. He's a six four two hundred twenty two pounder out of Butte Central High School in Butte, Montana. Eighty four is Joey Elwell, six three two hundred forty five pounds sophomore out of Meridian, Idaho, Mountain View High School. I'll actually stop on him just for a brief moment because he's in the mix at tight end. He's on the depth chart, um, but he also is sort of like that H back fullback. See, I think they should move him to defensive end. You think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, the physical strength part of the game is certainly not what is eluding him. He is absolutely strong enough yeah. to play. I, I just think he's got the body for it. I mean, and I know he played there a little bit in high school. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think they need defensive ends more than they need tight ends. I think he could do it. I think they're still going to run, even though they, they used to run these three tight end sets to mitigate the offensive line, I think they're going to still That's run them. Just because of the way that, that Tim Rosebach can just put those guys in motion and move them all around, and uh, they got some interesting weapons. Which for the backup tight end spot sort of interesting to me after Cole Grossman. For sure. Danny Burton, 85. He's a receiver out of Helena Capital. He's a senior. Depth guy, plays some special teams. 
Colton Curry, number 86, a redshirt sophomore out of Valier, Montana, Class C kid, 6'7", 230 pounds. He's the son of Scott Curry, a former Grizz offensive lineman who uh, was a great player in the late 90s and then went on to play for a little while with the Green Bay Packers. Curry, you know, you say 230 pounds, he's still skinny. As, he's as skinny as a rail, so he needs to put on a little more weight. A guy who's not skinny, who is so big, that I think he's just absolutely fast-tracking his way to play an offensive tackle is Jake Olson, number 87. He's a 6'7", 251-pounder out of Butte. I mean, his structure, like how wide his shoulders are, how wide his hips are, how big his feet are, like he's going to have to work his ass off to stay how big he is right now. If you just – they should just let nature and the food zoo just take control and just let's let's go because – He's going to have a hard time not weighing 275 pounds. So why not just, like, make it happen, you know? I mean, he's athletic enough to play tight end but uh, as of now. But, I mean, he's not getting any smaller, man. His old man was a giant for the Grizz Hoops team back in the day. So um, he had another family legacy. Yeah, if you see trends here, Bobby Howard. Yeah, likes- man, every player has been telling me <laughs> about Bobby- when their dad ran for 250 <laughs> yards back in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Howard likes to recruit guys with ties to Montana. Speaking of the backup tight end spot, this is an interesting one. This, Number 88 yeah. is Eric Barker, a 6'4, 238 pounder out of Kaiser, Oregon. He came to Montana as a highly regarded recruit. He's one of those super trues yep. who's been on campus for a little while, but he is Cole Grossman's backup. And, uh, a guy that not a lot of people have been talking about, but he's a really, really talented. So the fact that he's the two, I think, indicates that the coaches really have uh, liked what he's done. And I think you're right that he will see a lot of time just by virtue of being the backup tight end because I don't think they want to get away from those you know multiple tight end sets. I think it's still going to be a weapon for him, especially if they think that, that Barker can play. I mean, play that role that maybe Matt Renswold was doing a couple of years ago. Yep. 89, Peyton Brammer, 6'5", 220-pound. Uh, tight end out of Bush Prairie, Washington, Hawkinson High School. Uh, a guy that was getting recruited at, by FBS schools, blew his knee, and uh, so he's got a little while to, to sort of regain his full form. Developmental guy, but uh, got a lot of upside. Number 90, six foot three, 240 pound redshirt senior out of Henderson, Nevada, Justin Belknap. He once upon a time dreamed of playing for Bobby Houck at UNLV, ended up walking on at Arizona. Ended up winning a certain job at Arizona. Ended up then having a freak foot injury that almost cost him his career. And now uh, he grad transfers to Montana back in 2020. He's the second oldest guy on the roster. And uh, he brings it as much as anybody I've seen in a minute, man. He is He's intense. so intense. He yeah. practices so, so, so hard. Um, you can tell that the guys look up to him a lot as the older guy. So I think that uh, if he puts it together, it'll be a great story because he's a guy that almost lost his career. So a last chance for a guy that's been chasing his college football dreams for a really long time. And a guy who's got a lot of talent because, <coughs> like me. you said, at Arizona, I mean, he was playing a lot. He started an entire season, basically, yeah. in the Pac-12. Yeah. Eli Alford, number 91, six foot one, 290-pound defensive tackle. He's a junior out of Park City, Utah, by way of Air Force Prep. Older brother of um, Sam Alford, who will join the Grizzlies next year. He's a three-star uh, receiver. But Eli, um, by all accounts, had one of the best weight room performances or, I guess, uh, 
weight weight room um, improvements in all his lifts and and changing his body over this last year and a half or so, and uh, he's going to play a big role on the inside of Montana's defensive line. One of my favorite guys on the team, just a, a good interview, really smart. He's thoughtful, for uh, sure. Yeah, considers the questions. And he's a guy, because he went to Air Force prep, and he's a junior, I mean, he's another one of those old guys on the defensive line because that Air Force prep year doesn't count as a year of eligibility. It's basically just a gap year after high school. I think, I think Alfred's prime for a big year. Jacob McGowering, number 92, 6'5", 265-pound redshirt freshman out of Cheney, Washington. His old man played at Eastern Washington. They stole him right out of Eastern's backyard. Um, you have a great story about him today. You can check that out, skyonsportsmt.com. And, uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this guy other than, like, his Potential is as high as anybody in the team. I would say in the that league, he has the I highest mean, potential. Yeah, in the league, maybe like low key, a guy who's going to be competing for Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year down the road if things go right. I mean, just like what can't he do as a pass rusher? He's he's. It's crazy to say it because he's only a redshirt freshman, but he's got an NFL body, man. League he, man, yeah, he, yeah, he does. He's got an NFL body. Like he, there's just not a lot of guys that look like him. That weigh as much as he does. That are still like so lean and long. Have the broad shoulders, but I mean, also yeah. like a big lower body. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a. Uh, that's what they look like, man. He's he's a good looking guy. And we've been talking about him since. I mean, Bobby Howe compared him to Corey Bierman at yeah. the recruiting press conference when he signed, which is a crazy thing to say. But we've been talking about him as soon as we got a first look at him in practice yeah. that year. I mean, yeah. just. What's he going to do? I mean, it'll be a great story to follow. Number 93, Sloan McPherson, six foot four, 230-pound defensive lineman out of Savage, Montana. Six-man. Honestly, number one guy I said, who's that guy? was Nick mm-hmm. Williams. The uh, the number two guy who I said, who I had, who was my other number two? Who was my other, who was that guy? I can't the, remember. One of the other tall tight ends. Or, oh, Micah uh, Ashton, number 46, yep. And then uh, my number three was honestly Sloan McPherson. He is Jack City for a mm. small town kid. He is so he's so swole, man. He just is. I have no clue if he could play. I, I absolutely I, I can actually honestly guarantee you that he's still probably swimming, coming from six man and play on the D line on a veteran team. I mean, there's no way he's actually uh, have any chance to break into it, but. Um, I mean, he's got the body. He's he's got. He, if he, he he could be that next kind of dime in the rough. That's a that's a long ways away from him. I think he's several years away from doing it. But uh, he's got he's got the build for sure. Number ninety four. I actually got to know this guy uh, a little bit because I ran into him and Alex Governor down at the Mo Club uh, having some hamburgers on lunch one day, and uh, I had just gotten back from Boise, and we had driven through Grangeville, Idaho, on the way there. And that was my first real experience in Grangeville. Uh, but I was telling Cash, Noah Cashmitter is number 94. He's a, a defensive end there from Grangeville, Idaho. And uh, I was telling Cashmitter, I was like, dude, Grangeville, Idaho is so much like Power, Montana, or Sydney, yeah. Montana, or Glasgow, Montana. I was like, dude, you, you're like a Montana. And he's like, that's what everybody says. And I'm like, yeah, dude. It's it's true. Like, just the farm town. Like They just, play good football they there, They play though. good football. Uh, but I didn't believe when I was first ran into Cashman, I was like, you're not that guy. Because he came in here as like a 
205 pounder, and now he's 260. And uh, I don't know, man. It's the, any guy that like wears his cowboy boots that are covered in shit and his Carhartt vest and drives his 1991 truck and comes from a town like Grangeville. As long as you don't get hurt, I just feel like you're going to figure out a way to do, do something by the time your career is over. Because you're, you're just going to be tough enough to, to endure. Just like the linebackers. I mean, right. the, the defensive line is probably the place where they have the second most just guys like that mm-hmm. who figure going to develop, who look like, you know, they all came off the assembly line, and now it's just a, a matter of getting them to develop. Yeah, 95 is Dylan Smith, 6'4", 230-pounder out of Whitehall, a freshman of the same mold. 96, Henry Noose, 6'4", 250-pound freshman from Kalispell Glacier. He's one of those super freshmen who's been on campus for a couple years. Um, same. 97, R.J. Nelson, 6'4", 250-pound redshirt junior out of Hillsboro, Oregon. He's another one of the last men standing from the, the Stitt days. And a guy we were writing about, yeah, yeah two, he's, three years he started ago. when he was a young guy, and he's going to be a depth guy now. Um, I mean, again, credit, kudos to him for, for standing out. Uh, for sticking it out. 98, a guy who I'm actually really, really uh, intrigued by. Journey Grimsrud. He's a freshman out of Huntley Project. 6'3", 272 pounds. He's super raw. But one, there's a couple thing, a couple traits for guys that I've seen that have been pretty tried and true. If you got a guy who's got mass like Grimsrud does, who also is athletic enough to be a really good thrower, especially if it's a throws event in track where you have to spin so therefore you have balance and explosiveness and then you, if, if you have a guy who has that mass who can already play the D-line who's athletic enough to be a thrower who also has the toughness to be a wrestler that guy has the ingredients Grimsworth's super raw I've talked to Shan Schillinger about him because Shan Schillinger handles Montana's Eastern Montana recruiting and Shan was like yeah dude he's not going to play for several years yeah. but he is just a horse in the weight room he, he'll kick your ass on the wrestling mat or whatever. So I, we've just seen guys like him so many times over where, again, if he just sticks it out, he, he's going to be there. So we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see his development because I think he's got a lot of upward potential. Last but not least, Grizz by the numbers, Alex Gubner. Of all the dudes on Montana's roster, this is the guy that I think everybody's sleeping on. I think that Alex Governor, if he puts it all together, is a first-team all-conference caliber player. I have not really seen guys like him that were uh, had as, as much pop and as hard of a motor as he did when he first walked on campus. Usually guys like him, they dominated at the high school level at such a high level that they don't have that just run with their hair on fire to the ball at every play. He plays like he's a walk-on. But then he's 6'3", 295 with great explosiveness and tremendous athleticism. Um, I just... I think that he's the, a dude, man. I I think that he, if you put it together, could be a, an absolute, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the conference. Well, he popped in 2019 because yep. he had, what, three or four picks? Four from, picks, baby. Defensive tackle yep. and got a lot of press off that. That's obviously not his, his role. I mean, his role is to take up blockers in the middle of that defensive line, and that's what really he'll be judged on. Um, so that's a big role for them. I mean, I think with Gubner and Eli Alford, they have two guys who can do that. I mean, two guys who honestly are maybe a little bit undersized for that role. Sure. For the nose tackle. I mean, they're both under 300 pounds. Yep. But I think they're both good players. Well, they're both so strong. The mass doesn't really matter as much when you're throwing around that kind of weight. I thought Bobby Huck made an interesting comment to me. He said, 
because I asked him, I said, it seemed like Alfred had one of the best off-seasons in the weight room of anybody. He said, yeah, he, he and Governor both did. And I said, but that's what you want, right? You want your, your nose tackle should be some of your strongest guys. And he said, absolutely, and you would not believe how mad I was when I realized that was not the case when we first got back <laughs> here. And uh, that's that's sort of where they were at, man. Like, like Bobby Huck said, he's like, now our strongest players are our defensive tackles and then our defensive ends and our linebackers, and that's how it should be, and it wasn't how it was. And so, you know, a sign, a sign of progress for Montana. Yeah, and a sign of progress that we're ending on a spot where, you know, now they have actual depth where yep. they didn't before. Grizz by the Numbers, presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications. You can find this and every other Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. This is living proof that you can have a themed podcast with 99 subjects as a part of it, and you can still do it in under two hours. Take note, Grizz fan pod guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks so much for listening. More Big Sky Breakdowns throughout the week and the rest of the season as well. And uh, we'll have full coverage of Montana's opener at the University of Washington, 6 p.m. Saturday night. SkylineSportsMT.com. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.